1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Yes, it happened uh, yesterday. Uh, Donald Trump showed up, uh, went through the whole process of being booked in Fulton County, and then took a mugshot. And the mugshot was all over the Internet. It was a whole bunch of places. Um, and a lot of people had a lot of different reactions to it, including the former president. Uh, his first tweet since January of 2021, uh, he put out his mugshot along with a um, little statement about how he'll never surrender and then a link to his website where you can make donations. Uh, will Trump make money off of having a mugshot out there in the world? The answer is very easily yes. He will definitely make campaign contributions off of that. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not trying to judge anybody that does that. It's just a weird time in, in our world uh, that a, a former president has been indicted four times in the course of a couple months, has a lot of charges against him and a lot of different court cases going after him, and so much support from the Republican side of the aisle that he'll be able to sell his mugshot on merchandise, on multiple pieces of merchandise, on T-shirts, on, on mugs, of course, on uh, lots of different things. I don't know if there's going to be a calendar of some kind. He's got the other mugshots out there, so maybe you do a monthly calendar. Uh, but I want to play some audio first. Of course, this is CNN. Of course, this is the, oh, my God, this is horrible uh, version of a take out there in the world. And, of course, when they looked at who they wanted to book to talk to to have an anti-Trump opinion, they went through their Rolodex of some of the people that have been out there for a while now, and they found John Bolton. Like, oh, he's great. Let's, let's get John Bolton on the phone. He wrote that book. He says the things. He'll be great for this. And somehow we'll claim uh, that we're trying to reach across the aisle by booking someone that at one point technically was on the other side, but certainly hasn't seemed to be for a while and definitely hates uh, Trump a lot. But here is what Bolton uh, said on CNN about how, how it's a bad, dark day in the world because there's a mugshot out there. And how dare uh, Trump be capable of making money off of it? You forced this to happen, not you, John Bolton, but Democrats in positions of power, certainly in Georgia, allowed there to be the opportunity to use a mugshot to generate more funds. That's not something that had to happen, as evidenced by one simple thing. The other three indictments that have occurred, and for reasons that very much make sense in the world of the legal system, no mugshot of Trump was taken because it's unnecessary. He's not going to flee and then put on a disguise and people won't uh, recognize. The reason we take mugshots, real quick, I looked this up. I wanted to make sure I was right about this. The reason we've done that for a very long time is to make sure we don't lose track of people. If you've been booked and if you're going to get out on bail or anything else, mugshot, make sure we know who you are, what you look like, so we find you when the time comes or if you don't show up to the next court thing. Uh, Trump is incapable of fleeing to anywhere in this country uh, or anywhere in the world, probably, and being unrecognizable. I mean, I can't envision the kind of costume he might uh, buy and throw on. Not that I'm saying he's intent on fleeing, but that's the big reason why every other uh, place outside of um, Georgia, outside of uh, this case, was like, all right, fine, we don't need the mugshot. Especially New York, actually. My favorite thing about New York, I said I was going to play the audio, I can't do it yet. My favorite thing about the New York case is there's a law in New York that says that you're not actually allowed to make a lot of mugshots um, uh, public, uh, certainly not before any sort of trial happens. So the biggest reason that New York didn't do it is because they couldn't benefit from it. And they said, and this is something that was, I think, admitted uh, by some, um, that they pretty sh they were pretty sure it would have been leaked if it existed at all. So they did not take one even in New York, and yet they did take one, and obviously it's all over the place. But again, here's the CNN audio talking about how this is the dark day, dark times. 
night. I mean, I just wonder, as someone who worked inside the West Wing when Donald Trump was president, what is it like for you to see his mugshot tonight? Well, I thought it was, uh, as with most things Trump does, carefully staged. They must have thought about what look they wanted. He could have smiled. He could have looked benign. Instead, he looks like a thug. Uh, and, and I think it's intended to be a sign of intimidation against the prosecutors and judges. Uh, that's what they picked, and uh, we'll, we'll see that picture everywhere. So you think they actually spent time <laughs> deciding this out? Should he smile in this? Should he have this scowl that he, he appears to have gone with? By the way, of course they did that. Are you kidding? The former president of the United States took a mugshot and everyone cared about the fact that it was going to like everyone cared. It was a very big topic of conversations. The other three times he was indicted. So, of course, they made a plan. I'm not saying I agree with the, the scowling look that was chosen, although I think if you had to pick, uh, it's probably one of the better versions. And actually, I have some audio I'll play after the break of uh, a young person going viral, loving uh, the mugshot and apparently not loving Trump, but thinking the mugshot is gangster is bleep, um, which I think a lot of people might agree it is. No, but of course, of course they did that part. Uh, but like I said, they go on to talk about how terrible it is, how awful it is that they're going to make money off of this. Almost as much time as they spent combing his hair. <laughs> Way to go, Bolton. Way to go, Johnny. Well, yeah, he posted the mugshot, you know, shortly after on his own social media account, along with the, the phrase, never surrender. I mean, a bit ironic, given he had actually just surrendered at the Fulton County Jail behind me. But how do you expect him to try to use this to his political advantage as he's running for president? Well, I think in the same way he's he's used the other three indictments, and, and uh, I think the evidence is that the indictments uh, have proven the law of diminishing marginal utility. If anything, they're not they're not undercutting his support; they're no, building it up. They're swelling it. They're they're adding to the support. They, uh, for some reason, some unknown reason, uh, seem to be things that benefit the uh, former president. Uh, here uh, is the other thing that I mentioned just before the break that I wanted to get to, and I know it's self-serving. So there was a tweet that went out on social media. My wife and I saw it at about the same time last night. It's from the Lincoln Project. The Lincoln Project is a left-leaning, very left-leaning uh, organization that also puts out a lot of joke, sarcastic, all kinds of different things. I think they have another video up uh, that's a um, you know crappy um, whatever version, critical version of the first Republican debate, a reenactment, they called it. Uh, but this one was a long, uh, famous uh, video. That's used and then people put a a second image over the screen area where people in a bar are standing and people go nuts. They start cheering like crazy whenever the the image on the screen comes up and they used it as the mugshot. Now, I knew this was a joke. I knew it was a famous meme or video or whatever you want to call it. And I noticed that a bunch of people in the comments on the Lincoln Project thought it was real. They thought that a bar full of people just crowded like to the brim with people went nuts in celebration when Trump's mugshot went over CNN, which to me is hilarious on a lot of levels that people would be crammed into a bar this tightly to watch CNN on a giant screen in the first place. Uh, and then second, that they were waiting for the mugshot and would have sort of a uniform reaction. Is it funny? Sure, it's funny. Uh, not funny necessarily in context, but it's, it's a pretty good edit as far as this video goes. But all I put up, this is the only thing I said on Twitter, this video... Uh, or the video uh, this is photoshopped from, and then I put a link 
to the video, the original from 2016, that's actually a celebration in a bar in England after a goal is scored in a World Cup match. And people got angry. People got so angry at me. Uh, There's some messages that you can see if you go look this up, and you have to go to my Twitter page, and then you have to click on my replies uh, to see all the different things that are out there. But you can click directly on my my tweet and then read some of the things that people were sending to me. Someone called me autistic. Uh, Other people said all different kinds of stuff about me, uh, told me I was a terrible person. One person made fun of the fact that I only have 200 followers, which I found actually to be pretty funny. And they said those are the people inside the bar. But here's the thing. Like, I didn't say, Trump's innocent. Everybody leave him alone. Here's the video that proves that the Lincoln Project is a liar. Like, I just, I put six uh, words um, and then a, a link to a video. And by the way, the things you can actually see, and maybe I'll actually screen grab some of these and post them too, Uh, The things you actually see, the comments below my post, nothing compared to the messages I'm getting, the direct uh, messages, the DMs uh, that people are sending me, uh, telling me how much of a piece of crap I am for literally putting out there on the Internet that something that is evidently fake uh, actually has a, a, you know, origin somewhere else that you can watch if you were curious. And I didn't even say that part. I just put it up. I was amazed, you know, to be honest. Um... Here's what I want to say, because it's a long rant over something that you probably don't care about, and it took me a little while to describe what's even going on. You might still not understand. I don't know if I did a good job there or not. But here's the thing that I loved so much. Uh, I remember uh, that Jon Stewart said he got so much hate from the left when he went on Colbert's show and said that there's a uh, COVID lab in Wuhan, and then coronavirus came from Wuhan, and it didn't take a lot of really smart people to wonder if that lab created that virus. He said the attacks, the vitriol, the anger from the side of the aisle that has loved him for years uh, for what he did on Comedy Central and other places was was something that he didn't expect or or an experience that, you know, uh, he wasn't ready for. I can't remember exactly the way he described it, uh, but obviously he, for the most part, still agrees with all those people who were so upset with him. I'm not saying that I was shocked at all by the response I got and the amount of people angry, but the intolerance thing or the whatever you want to call it, the the anger thing, the hatred thing, the I'm coming after you if you don't agree with me thing, that is not on just one side of the aisle, especially for the people who are so vocal about it, who scream about it all the time. They're like, we're the good guys. They're the bad guys. We have to stop them or else society as we know it is going to crumble and fall apart. The people on the side of the aisle that believe themselves to be good because of what the politicians tell them about their side of the aisle are some very angry people. If you simply put up a video that demonstrates that the video people were celebrating wasn't a thing that really happened. Uh, and again, a lot of people were like, I knew that already, you dummy. Uh, they said other stuff. I have to say dummy on the radio. Um, but they, they went way beyond it. And I love, one person even made fun of the fact that I used the word Photoshop. He's like, this would never be something you do in Photoshop. You'd use After Effects. <laughs> it's my favorite one, actually. The nerds came out. I'm like, there's no way that you'd edit this video with this much clarity in that other program, man, that you can't. Uh, Photoshop has some video features, but I agree. You probably go a different road. Uh, maybe Final Cut Pro. I don't know. Uh, whatever you want to do. All right. Quick break. A lot more. For, that was a long thing, too. But I, I'm so amused by it. And as I said, maybe I'll start tweeting out some of the actual messages I'm getting from the people who are the most angry that I put out a, a very simple video with a very simple statement before it and not any sort of courting of controversy. And my Twitter, if you're wondering, out of curiosity, very little 
political content. I almost say nothing political. I only talk about the Yankees there, uh, really. So I doubt many of the people who are so mad at me have any idea what my ideology is anyway. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3. Wait.com. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I teased it. I might as well play it. And I'm pretty sure this is going to work out okay. Uh, it was a lot of things to edit, though. There were a lot of bad words uh, used in 30, 45 seconds. Uh, but this went viral. Uh, this is a young man reacting to the uh, Donald Trump mugshot and calling it uh, very gangster, among other things. Uh, so here we go. I'm pretty sure we got to risk it for the biscuit, as uh, Jamie Markley usually says, and make sure that this, well, all right, I'll deal with it if it doesn't work out uh, very shortly. Here we Donald go. Trump mugshot. Oh, my God. Angry little orange. I ain't even like that with the politics. But boy, this gangster. Can't lie to you. <laughs> Look at him. He hot. Then a mother, they let him keep the limited tan and the little lip lines on top of the lip. Show you how in this photo, I know he was thinking, ladies and gentlemen and children, vote for me. I would not put it past him to use this in his campaign. I would on my mama. I'm putting this on every flag, every sign. I'm kissing babies with this tatted on my lips so it leave a little print on the baby. Like, nah, bro, how gangster is this? Real talk. You wow. hear me? Wow. An ex-president with a mugshot. And what if he wins? What if he win in 2024? <laughs> Boy, it's, it's over. Yes, that was, a, that was a reaction that went very viral all over social media. And you can tell at the beginning, of course, he's no fan of, of Donald Trump calling him angry little orange, uh, but then saying how much he loves the mugshot. And so it is interesting to me, uh, just quickly, if you talk about it, that he would get street cred, our president, uh, for the way in which he handled himself in a mugshot and the amount of people out there in the world who might also have a uh, mugshots of some kind might might give him i don't know uh, but that's it's a real world that we live in now these are real things that have happened and i'm i'm just sitting here and telling you about them and uh sitting and enjoying i guess some of the things that have gone viral and also still dealing with a lot of people getting angry at me on social media uh, which is amusing to say the least or is there breaking news of some kind is that where you're sitting over there no i'm actually ready in a reasonable no. amount of time Craig. oh look at you this that's, <laughs> that is hilarious how this doesn't ha- i don't mean to out you but this no, doesn't happen right. And so I looked over, and I'm like, Will Stevenson is four minutes early to his, his <laughs> microphone. There's got to be breaking news. No, no. Okay. Not that I'm aware. You just, although, you just uh, popped in and sat down. Although, if you want breaking news, I can tell you that TJ was telling me about a traffic obstruction in Washington that, if we've matched it up correctly, appears to be a box of lettuce in the road. <laughs> Wow. Uh, slow news day? Is that <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Box yeah. of lettuce in the road, people. Yeah, it's going to be know, very hard to get I, around I, that. I told, I told him that we should <laughs> leave it alone. Oh. Thank you. I knew you. Yep, sure. That makes sense. I went to the T.J. Carson School of Comedy. Yeah. Well, now that you're here, I might as well include you in some other things. <laughs> All right. Um, what is your go-to response when someone sends you a joke, a funny text, something you like? Do you have a... A go-to, you know, LOL, LOL or something? Oh, I'll go to the LOL. Okay, is that your favorite? Um, Yeah, that's the one I use most often. All right, most people, that's their favorite, 33%. 32% will send an emoji laughing. Uh, Do you ever do the crying laugh face or no? I've done that before, but I don't really feel like that's a representation of me. It's really got a hit to be the laughing, crying face. (laughs) Uh, 12% will send ha-ha, and 9% will send that's funny. Uh, The reason I like this, and I'll probably bring it up with Greg Batten when I talk to him in a few minutes, Mm -hmm. um, is I used to get in trouble from friends by overusing ha-ha, which I know will shock people. 
uh, that think that I laugh too much in the show. Well, They'll think I, that I my text messages being full of ha-has I don't think can't vocal, possibly be true. Well, I don't think your vocal laughing and your use of ha-ha and text messages can be synonymous. I don't know. I think that I'm just being authentic. I think I really do laugh that much, even while texting people. I used to feel like that ha-ha was said by people that don't know what LOL means. Fair enough. <laughs> laughing out loud. No, I, I would just, I'd go ha-ha. I don't know why. But there were times when people would send me back a text and I ha-ha'd at the beginning and at the end, and that's too mm. Many ha-has. Yeah, you can't haha that much. Oh, well, yeah. I lol sometimes at the beginning and end of a yeah, message, you can't so do that. I should really shut up. You can't you can't you can't laugh at your own jokes? I know. Again, <laughs> I, shocking I for I'm me to hilarious. say. I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> I think you're done. not too bad either. Thanks. I also just have fun. Uh, but anyway, I'll try still to fix that. But yeah, no, lol is by far the most popular. Uh, although I know that the millennials and I think the Gen Z they want to change that. They don't like the lol anymore. Oh, I don't know if you've heard that. Gosh, why do people have to ruin everything for everybody? I think else? The, I think the new one they like is something about like laughing while rolling on the floor or, or one of those. Uh, you, you know, one of the other ones. You, I don't think that enough people get that one correct as to what rolling <laughs> on the floor actually means. Right. I'm not even sure I know. So I don't even know. I'll just stick with LOL. Okay. All right. Well, it's good luck to you. Uh, yeah, the millennials you. You and the Gen well. Z are not going to like it. Well, I know you don't care. You just keep Probably laughing. All right. There we go. If you don't laugh, you'll cry. By the way, college football is back. 60% oh, of fans. <laughs> I know you're excited. 60% <laughs> of fans say that they've um, broken up with a friend. They've excommunicated someone, is actually the words they chose because of a football uh, difference of opinion. Here I thought only the Pope excommunicated people. (laughs) Catholic Craig agrees with you. There's not a lot of people that have the rights. Can't excommunicate. Can't do any of that stuff. Disassociate perhaps. Excommunicate seems a little harsh. Well, both actually probably seem harsh in the world of football. But Mm -hmm. yes, apparently a disagreement. And I was talking to a buddy of mine earlier today who said that he actually had to drop a friend uh, because his friend is a fan of a rival college team. He just admitted it openly as I was talking about this topic. And I'm like, wow, man, like, really? That also seems a little harsh. It did seem harsh, but he was adamant. He's like, it made sense, man. We just, we couldn't, we get in a room, we start talking about football, and then we're, we're very angry with each other. That's it. I unfriend you. Yeah, well, I, I think it was different than that. <laughs> oh. I think, I think it went another road. <laughs> That's serious. Yeah, right, yeah. Like a letter, like an eviction you notice watch or something? Yeah, he's excommunicated for sure. <laughs> oh, that's too right. bad. <laughs> I know. All right. We'll you take... got to get a notary on those. <laughs> oh, that's, I didn't know that. I didn't, the <laughs> yeah, Pope has to know. get a notary? No, I wouldn't think the Pope okay. would, but if yeah. you're going to... If you're gonna, if you're going to evict somebody or send them a right. letter of dismissal, right. you probably ought to verify that, that. You're right. That is that you need a something. You need a few different court things actually. Practic- proceedings. Practical advice from your pal Will. Well, and the eviction takes way longer than you think it does. Yeah, it's really. You've got to get a sheriff's deputy yep. involved. There's going to be testimony. You might even have a dr- uh, jury trial. You at some might. Point. Yeah. You, if you want to dispute it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Uh, as I said, Greg Batten's coming up next. Thank you, Will. Uh, mm-hmm. You can listen to us anywhere on the globe. Just download the WMBD radio app on your smartphone. Will Stevenson is live, local, in the WMBD newsroom. Craig, the first ever mugshot, as you've been talking about, of a former president has ignited reaction from both supporters and detractors. Former U.N. ambassador and campaign rival to former President Trump, Nikki Haley, tells Fox News while she's reserving judgment in the case, to her, the mugshot represents, quote, a sad day in America. I think it's disgraceful. I mean, the idea that we're seeing a mugshot of a 77-year-old former president, I mean, how did we get to this point? The comments come after the former president was officially booked at Georgia's Fulton County Jail on Thursday. The Republican-led House Judiciary Committee has launched a probe into Fulton County District Attorney Fonnie Willis and whether the prosecution of Trump is politically motivated. Many congressional Democrats have consistently 
Stanley said that no one is above the law. Fox's Ryan Schmelz reporting at least five people have died and hundreds of thousands are without power. After storms ripped through Michigan last night, the storms caused downed trees, damaged homes and disrupted traffic. One person died after a tornado that crossed Interstate 96 southeast of Lansing flipped cars. Another died after a tree fell on a home in Lansing. And three people died, including a one-year-old girl and a three-year-old girl in a storm-related accident near Cedar Springs in western Michigan. Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer is expected to announce a state of emergency to provide resources to affected areas. Our area here is now under a level two threat of the potential for severe weather later this afternoon and this evening. So if anything happens, we'll bring it to you here on WMBD. A Pekin man was arrested early this morning in South Peoria after police spotted him near a reported stolen vehicle. Peoria police said they observed 54-year-old William Thompson just before 2.15 a.m. removing parts from the vehicle near Montana and Idaho. The vehicle was reported stolen from Morton. Burglary tools were reportedly found in Thompson's possession. Thompson was taken into custody, arrested for possession of a stolen vehicle, theft of parts and accessories, and possession of burglary tools. Thompson was taken to the Peoria County Jail. WMBD News is brought to you by SefQ Business Services. As a SefQ business member, you can enjoy competitive loan pricing and low fees, flexible deposit and cash management tools, and more. Plus, local decisions from a local experience team. Are you ready to get started? Visit SefQ.com. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I do it every Friday. I talk to somebody from the morning show. Greg, Dan, Caleb at times. Greg, how you doing, buddy? It's me. I'm the winner. <laughs> I get to be on the Craig Collins Show. Hey, all right. Let's I'm, get. I'm doing good. I'm a little. I'm a little hot. I'm a little hot. You don't say. You're a little hot. Uh, how are you? <laughs> how have you been dealing with it? Actually, this week, man, it's been it's been crazy. I have been trying to walk. Lately, you know, I, I was on a big long run of walking 52 days, five miles a day. And then I got, and then I hurt my leg on vacation, blah, blah, blah. But the other day, yesterday, yesterday, I tried to walk about a mile and I got about halfway home. I was like, I started pouring the water on my head. I was like, this is too hot. I, I'm an old man. I shouldn't be out here doing this. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, my very and, old Jeep has absolutely no air conditioning and probably shouldn't oh be on the road anymore. My. I was told by a right. uh, mechanic, and I'm still trying to work out if I can get that fixed enough. Uh, but I do use it occasionally still because I think I'm the only one at risk. I don't think anyone else is at risk if I get in an accident. I don't okay. know why I just explained all that to you, Craig. Uh, but last night on the drive home in my car with all the windows down, I sweat so much that when I got home, I splashed water on my face. I didn't even walk anywhere. I drove a vehicle from one location to another location, and I was so sweaty I had to drench myself in water when I walked in the door. It's a bad look. When I was a kid, uh, the old guys that uh, were the truck drivers at my dad's company would say, yeah, I got 260 air conditioning. And I was like, what's that? (laughs) Two windows down, 60 miles an hour. <laughs> that was a great joke if it you is. were a truck driver back in the day. And for me now, and my car cannot go 60, yeah. that would not be reliable. Uh, 40 yeah. at maximum. You, yeah, you have 435. <laughs> four windows down, 35 I miles do. An hour. Yeah, and sometimes the trunk opens on its own, so maybe four or five and 40. Wow. Uh, my, yeah, I know. No, I'm kidding. Your, Matt, wait, okay, wait a minute. Your, your, car, your car is like driving a circus. It's like a circus going on in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it feels like uh, at some point it'll just be me and one wheel. It feels like most of the car will fall apart, and then it'll be very circusy. 
Uh, what that else is, is the riot, man? What else has been going on for you guys in the morning? Well, this morning, uh, not a lot surprises me anymore. You know, I've been around a long time and doing a lot of radio stuff a long time. Know a lot of folks. I've been here most of my life in Central Illinois. And this morning, we were introduced to something I had never heard of. And it is one of the reasons it's so humid here in Peoria or Central Illinois. Did you hear about corn sweat? (laughs) No, I did not. What is corn sweat? Corn sweat, Craig, is a real deal. Sure. I can't believe it's a real thing. It is the humidity and moisture that comes off of the corn plant this type of this time of year. Wow. And the moisture that comes up from the roots and it dissipates into the atmosphere. And one of the reasons that we are a little more humid than other places is we have a lot of corn. And then I heard from a man who is a science guy who said, Oh yeah, he said in in, in the last number of years, cornfields around here have more plants per you know, square foot or acre or whatever it is. And so, therefore, it's worse than it's ever been. It's unbelievable. That's How amazing. How that I went my whole life without knowing about corn sweat? Yeah. I can't wait to say that to someone who's not from the Midwest and have them just walk oh, away please. from me. Oh, man, it's yeah. all the corn sweat. That's really what's out there making it, it so hot. <laughs> and you know you know the Greg and Dan show like band names. Oh, yes. And so we thought that that'd be a good band name. Yeah. And then it would be like a, it would be like a, a band that people really follow, like the Grateful Dead kind of thing. And they would be the corn sweaters. They would be the corn sweaters. Man. And then I, they could actually wear corn sweaters. Oh, my God. The I can't mer- wait for you guys to have corn sweater group, groupies. That's amazing. Oh, that, that sounds oh incredible. my God. Uh, a couple Speaking other. Of which, Go ahead. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, but while we're on band names, the other day you were yes. on the Greg and Dan show. Yes, I was. And we came up with a solid thing. It's called Mr. Betty and the Band Cheese. And that is a band named after your wife and Band Cheese. And I want that logo so bad I can't stand it. Is Betty going to do it? I think or so. I have to do sick figure. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. She, she heard about okay. it. She uh, was listening to that moment, uh, and she liked it. And the band okay. cheese, which is not band cheese, yes. it's band cheese, two words, right. feels like right. they should tour on their own. And then at times they can Maybe. group up with Mr. Mr. Betty. So I feel like they can do a little bit of both. The band cheese you know can what? be everywhere. That's a fact. Yeah, that's a fact. Because Mr. Betty is... Is a solo act, right? But, He's a crooner, man. When Mr. Betty uh, gets with the cheese, they are fantastic. <laughs> and the Banshees got their own thing going. They got they their do. own thing going. They should. I sometimes, love. Sometimes they open for corn sweat. They probably do. I love yeah. that you say with the cheese. You shorten Banshees <laughs> to just the cheese. Like, have you heard well, that new one of Mr. Betty with the cheese? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Well, because if you really are a fan, oh, yeah. all the cheese. Now, you know yeah. all the cheeses stuff, and you know, uh, Mr. Yeah. <laughs> we can't keep doing this. This shouldn't be a four-minute segment. Okay. All, all right. right. Other, okay. St- all right. Go ahead. <laughs> Other stuff out there. I-, I saw this. I don't know how you feel about this. Uh, apparently, some Dollar Trees are going to start locking more stuff, more inventory uh, behind yep. places uh, because people are shoplifting it. Could we all as a okay. community get together and say, Dollar Tree off limits for the shoplift. That feels that feels like yeah. the wrong spot. Not that any other spot is better, but this this feels like a, a thing we can fix some other way. Yeah, for goodness sake, we're already uh, watching our dollars. If right. we ha- if we're shopping at the Dollar Tree, that's why we go there. Yes, and so please don't please don't steal our good stuff. From the Dollar Tree. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing that I came up with a couple years ago. I, I'm not a, a violent human being, but sure. I do think that. That if you're in a store and you're like blatantly robbing the place, like scooping up stuff in your arms, 
that every else, every other person that is in the store can throw a canned good at you. <laughs> so therefore, there's a risk involved, right? Yes. What if you go into a store where there's a bunch of guys and gals with really good arms? You could end up leaving there with, with some dents in your head. That's true. Trying to steal $400 worth of stuff in Dollar Tree. That's true. Uh, by the way, I wanted to say that to make something not a misdemeanor and a felony, you have to steal $300 worth of something. At the Dollar Tree, oh, that's going to be on, very man. hard to do alone. That's a very yeah, difficult you're gonna, thing. <laughs> you're going to have to get a truck right. to pull a car inside. Three, 300 yeah. things feels like a challenge none of us should take on. Uh, that's one story out there in the world. Uh, a couple other quick yeah. stories out there. I don't know how you felt about this or if you guys saw this. Do you know that out of all the jobs in a company, the one most likely to have an office romance is someone that works in HR? That is hysterical. Isn't it? That is so funny to me because HR are the people who are like, hey, hey, hey. Cut it uh, out. No fraternizing. Right. Yeah, cut it out. What are you doing? Now, our company doesn't have that, right? No. Can, I can't think of right, anybody doing that. Yep. I mean, and we have, well, we have married people, uh, but I, right. don't know, I don't know about dating. I don't know if there's rules against that. Yeah, I don't so know. That is that is funny. That is very, I did not see that. That is really funny. Yes. Uh, 40% of us dated a coworker before, and as I said, the most likely job of someone that's in a relationship at a job is someone who's in charge of those things, which is convenient, I guess, and also would be um, some insane leverage if you broke up, because I think they could get you fired. If you broke up at some point, uh, one other quick one. I believe one. that's true. Yeah, I believe it'd be pretty easy. One other quick one for you too. Um, what's your go-to funny text response? Uh, apparently, a lot of people have one. According to a poll, "lol" "lol" is the most common one. But what do you do when someone sends you a funny text? Okay, here's what I do. Almost exclusively, it is really mine. I think I own it because I don't type well. I normally will write back to you. Ha, ha, ha. But here's what I ended up doing. I inadvertently put a J on the front and sure. an extra H on the end. So it's really Jahaha. <laughs> I like that. Jahaha. Yeah, it's J-H-A-H-A-H. Gotcha. Is there an even bigger one if I really get you? Is there a Jahaha? Ha, 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 ha? <laughs> no, I, I have not achieved that level okay. yet. Okay. All right, there's, I'm gonna work on. I'm gonna work on that though. <laughs> there's a That's hope. Hilarious. There's a future hope out uh, there. Uh, before I let I you go, goal. what's been going on yeah. in the Greg and Dan show? What do people need to know about? What's out uh, there in the podcast world? I'll tell you what. What you need to know about is if you listen this morning, uh, today's show. Today we barely made it. We both came in and we're like, I don't know if we can even do this. Well, we both lost our minds. We we were hanging on Craig by our skin, by the the skin of our teeth. Is that sure. what they say? Yeah. It was it was rough. It was rough. Uh, but next week, we got some stuff going on. We're going to introduce you to a vodka that will help raise money for Bradley Name, Image, and Likeness Home of the Brave. Wow. Look at that. Private so. labeled. Private labeled vodka that I am told is quite delicious. I haven't had it yet. That will be exclusively for BU fans. That sounds amazing. That? You, you said you haven't had yeah. it yet. Not yet. I haven't had. It. I trust the. I trust the guy. Okay. Have so. you heard from anyone who's had it? Have they described to you how good yes, it is? Yes. Uh, it, it, and I don't want to bring up another name for this guy or another sure. brand, but I, they say it is similar to Tito's. Which wow! Look at that. Very high praise. Well, fancy. I can't wait to hear about that next week. Uh, thank you always for yeah. joining us, man. Stay cool somehow, however you can. All right. Bye bye. Bye bye. Quick break. A lot more. Fourteen seventy. One hundred point plumbing dot com. 
100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I am as amazed that this exists as anything else that exists in the world. Yes, I'm amazed that a mugshot exists of a former president. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm amazed that there's a guy out there who's the bird bandit. Uh, this is according to a piece of audio that's gone viral uh, from Sergeant David Kroll, uh, who I guess is in charge of trying to track down the bird bandit. Uh, this happened in Virginia. The guy is described as someone who drives a Ford SUV, wears a black hat, and has three parrots on his person at all time, uh, two that are on the hat and then one that's on his shoulder. Uh, he robbed a McDonald's, and I just want to play some of the audio of um, the sergeant talking about how he is also in disbelief as the fact that this is a real dude and obviously doesn't care to hide his identity because tracking down the bird bandit should hopefully be easy. This can't be real. It's hard to fathom that somebody would commit such a crime of that nature with three birds and wearing what they were wearing. Definitely a rare occurrence. That's the suspect recently caught on camera in the McDonald's drive-thru. The employee is clearly in amazement that a parrot is just hanging out on the driver's side window of the SUV. Yeah, just hanging the whole time. There were parrots on the guy's actual body, uh, too. He wielded a knife and held up a McDonald's and made it out with money. The bird bandit out there in the world. Hopefully people uh, track him down soon. Uh, it's ridiculous. This is a ridiculous thing that exists. All right, another thing out there that I saw. And I'm going to be careful. I have to be careful about how I pronounce this. Pronouncing it correctly is important. Uh, Young people are apparently now taking themselves out on elaborate dates alone. No one else is with them. They decide to take um, me, myself, and I out for an evening. And they go fancy. They go nice restaurant. They splurge as much as they want. Uh, There's a term for it that's gone viral on social media as well. Master dating is what they're calling it. If you go master dating, that's you alone um, having a a full evening, a lot of, you know, enjoyable things, uh, dinner and a movie, whatever it might be. And then eventually, I guess you tuck yourself in at night. I'm not really sure. uh, But that's the move. And a lot of people are saying that it's great that more people should master date. And I don't don't know how to respond to that. Um, You know, okay, I'll say this. That's the only thing I'll say about this. Uh, I remember one time that I, I went to a movie theater. A lot. I can't remember why Betty didn't go. I don't know if it's that she didn't want to see the movie or that it was like during certain hours of the day when I didn't have to work and she did. Sometimes our vacations don't line up because of when she goes to Mexico. So maybe I like had the day off. But I went to a movie theater and I wound up being the only person in the entire theater. So I, I, I watched a movie alone. I don't even know what term there would be for that. Um, uh, master theater, I feel like, is not going to ring the same way as the master dating thing is working. But it was really cool. And I feel like I've, I've actually mentioned this story before in the air. I've even tried, I, I did in the moment, try to ask the guy to pause it when I had to go to the restroom. Because, like, I was alone. Like, can we, can you just stop it for a second? And they said no. Um, but I, I highly recommend the going out, hanging out on your own every once in a while thing, however you do it. Especially if you wind up in an environment where it's totally just you. Uh, and I can't remember what movie I, I was going to see. I, it wasn't anything special, um, but it was it was cool. And I think that's probably part of what they're looking for here, a night where you don't really worry about anybody else. You just kind of hang out all on your own. I probably should stop describing it that way. Um, and then you uh, go ahead and, and end the night uh, without any <laughs> – anyway, I'll move on. But I do think it's interesting, again, that this is something that is taking off. This is something that more people are doing. And uh, I I don't really hate it. I just am not sure I'll keep using the term for it. All right, another thing that I wanted to play just quickly, 
And I think the only way to introduce this is just to say that my life is profoundly different than this person's life. And you wouldn't have thought our lives were the same. Tommy Lee uh, was performing with Motley Crue. I guess this happened in El Paso last Friday. And he didn't think that enough of the young women in the audience were showing him the things he wanted to see, I guess. Motley Crue is probably used to a lot of people doing a lot of crazy stuff. So he brought his wife on stage. Her name is Brittany Ferlin. She's famous in her own right. And he told her to do something that not many of us would ask our wife to do in front of a crowd of strangers. Here's a little bit of that audio. I want to see some big old <laughs> Where are they? I know somebody who ain't scared. I'm going to bring my wife out here to show you her <laughs> You guys ready for this? <laughs> Does that not get the party started? Let's go. I don't, I don't know what to say to that. Again, like his life is just different than my life. Here's the thing that I thought was interesting in the middle of this. There's one guy cheering way too much. And I feel like even a Tommy Lee probably looks down at that dude in the crowd and he's like, that's, that's too much. That's too much cheering. This is the You're missus. That guy right there. You guys ready for this? He's way too happy. He should not be that happy. I feel like someone's got to check and maybe throw him out of the concert. But that's weird. That's a, a weird move uh, to make. Again, uh, that's not the kind of thing. Uh, just life is, is different for some people compared to the rest of us out there in the world. All right. And another thing, just quickly, uh, diving through a couple of the sillier topics of the day. We'll get back to the uh, serious uh, in just a little bit. Uh, but I did think this was interesting. Uh, study finds that positive effects uh, reading uh, the positive effects, excuse me, reading has for kids. Uh, this comes after, I think, yesterday I talked about how um, learning music early on in your uh, life is actually something that can help you mentally throughout the whole rest of your life. So more and more data every day, not that this is remotely surprising, uh, coming out saying the one, the only thing that really is bad for your kids to spend a lot of their time doing is being on a screen and anything else that they would do, anything else that they're you know, interacting with a book, um, uh, an instrument, or just like trying to figure out how to play something, some sort of imagination, a game in the yard. These things are all way, way better. Uh, 1,500 American parents and 5,000 K through six uh, teachers revealed 91% of children aged five to 12 who are avid readers are happier, uh, better students in class. 92% frequently are more physically active than those who don't read. So just the, the benefits are, are crazy. You know what it made me think of too? And I just wanted to ask this question and 309-340-4464, if you don't mind giving me an answer, 309-340-4464. When you go to a, a fast food restaurant, McDonald's is an easy example. There are others. And you know that play place that kids always used to, I used to be in a bunch as a kid. Like that was more fun than going to the restaurant or the fast food joint was actually going to play in the play place. I barely ever see any kids in those places now. I see kids in the in the store in the in the you know um, just sitting in the um, the food area with the rest of us. I don't know why I can't think of the other word for that. Um, but as they're they're sitting there and eating, they're usually on a phone or something. Then they leave. Like the play place seems to be a dead component for the most part. Uh, occasionally, there might be like a kid in there, and I, that's just an odd thing. And and I don't remember as a kid that ever being the case. I remember all the time the play place was the place to be. Man, there were a bunch of people that you met friends in the play place. And so tell me if I'm wrong about that. Tell me if that's something that you notice and I just don't see. 309-340-4464. Uh, 309-340-4464 because it's, it's one of the, the strangest things um, that's, that's changed 
you know, because, again, and it's not like the, those areas are amazing. Uh, they're usually pretty basic, a slide, a, a thing you jump in. Like, there's not, there's not usually a lot to do, but that was, they're gross, is what someone just texted. As far as the, the play place, I know, they, they don't clean them as much as they should. Uh, and that, is that the only reason, you think, uh, the texter who just sent this in, that it, it has nothing to do with kids' uh, lack of desire to be as physically active as kids of other generations are? It's just because uh, parents think that those play places are not, not at all clean? And somehow I survived, by the way. We went into ours, and we came out, and uh, somehow we were stronger for it. So I don't know. I don't know if they were cleaner back in the day. I don't really remember that being a quality aspect of the play place. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting to me. No, kids are definitely lazy. All right, so it's a little bit of both then. There's a grossness component and a lazy component, or at least a entertain, entertained by other stuff uh, component, which, again, I think is, is probably bad. And I feel like a lot of uh, studies and things out there are saying it's – It's probably not good. All right, we'll take a break. A lot more in a bit. It's the Craig Collins Show. You can hear us on AM at 1470, on FM at 100.3, and everywhere. We've got lots to offer. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Oh, this could be weird because I don't mean to do this. I, there's no other way to do this. I, I'm going to give myself credit, and I, I don't like giving myself credit for stuff. Uh, Oliver Anthony is, of course, someone who's very popular right now. Uh, his song, The Rich Men North of Richmond, is something that's being talked about a lot. Uh, at an early point in the uh, viral response to that, I said that Oliver Anthony claimed to be someone who wasn't very political, that he felt like he was a down the middle, not on the right, not on the left kind of guy. Uh, most media would disagree. Uh, media on the right has praised Oliver Anthony a lot and felt that there's a lot of uniformity in the opinions or the positions that um, people take uh, in the world today and the things that he was singing about in the song the rich men north of richmond and then a lot of other outlets a lot of left-leaning outlets uh, have felt the exact opposite way that he's some troll he's some terrible human out there uh, that believes in conspiracy theory and whatever else and he's responded i guess oliver anthony put up a video Uh, a couple quick things before i play a part of this video he's sitting in his truck and it's raining so you're going to hear rain hitting the truck which by the way is like a great that's a great move not that he even did it as a move on purpose uh, but he's a guy that said no to multi-million dollar record deals already he craps on the music industry at one point in this like two minutes of video that i have and then he goes on to crap on politicians and specifically conservatives and conservative news and how much they've embraced him and i don't find that surprising at all given who Oliver Anthony is and what he's talking about and saying he's talking about. I just find it so interesting that we're in a world today where, and I'm not accusing conservative media as much of this, although definitely everybody was doing it, uh, where you make assumptions based on any stance somebody has on anything. And those assumptions are probably not right. We probably don't all agree, no matter what side of the aisle you're on, no matter what side of the aisle I'm on, on everything. And I don't think that's a requirement. I don't think it should be a requirement that we agree on everything. We can have a difference of opinion on some of the uh, nuance of the topics we talk about. But at the end of the day, I'm sure we can still find that you have more common ground with some than others. And so that's what's so interesting to me about this is that he's essentially saying, hey, I'm not one of you guys. I don't like being considered one of you guys. And I don't like the fact that my song is being used in that way. Um, And so to me, again, that might actually upset some people. 
um, especially the news media people who've talked about him enough to help him uh, be successful. Uh, not that he probably wouldn't have succeeded on it. I think it was already viral, well viral, uh, before people started embracing it. But anyway, I want to play some of the audio because I do think it's interesting that he's uh, desiring to separate himself from uh, political stances, uh, even if you hear it in some of his music. Uh, and he admits that there's some of it in some of his music and then also say that he doesn't really want much to do with the music industry itself because they're awful. Here we go. It's August 25th, 2023. A lot's changed since the last time I sat here and spoke to you. Yes, it has, sir. That's For you, it has. How I'm doing. Everybody is wondering. I don't even know what to say, but I I feel thankful to be given this opportunity. Um, you know, the music side is exciting, and all the Billboard, iTunes charts, and all that crap. That's great. But uh, what's the exciting part's been the conversations I've had with people. Sure. And the things I've learned just in a couple of weeks about um, everything about the human spirit, and um, and and about all sorts of other things, the music industry, and oh, and how how dirty everything is. Like it's it's worse than you think. By the way, the tapping that you might hear that he's also uh, doing while talking, that's just him hitting his steering wheel as he's sitting in his truck as it's raining. Here, I want to get to some of the stuff he says about conservative media, about politicians, uh, about seeing his song at the beginning of the Republican presidential debate. I don't want to go on some roller coaster ride and come off a different person. Interesting stance there on just his own human self. Uh, if there is anything for me to address at all with you, it's that... Uh, You know, it's the one thing that has bothered me is seeing people wrap politics up in this. Uh, I'm disappointed to see, like, it's aggravating seeing people on conservative news try to identify with me like I'm one of them. It's aggravating seeing certain musicians and politicians act like we're buddies and, <laughs> and act like... We're sure. fighting the same struggle. Here. That makes like sense. That we're trying to present the same message. You know, I've, I've had a lot of people reach out to me, and I've tried to be polite to everybody. And um, I've talked to hundreds of people the last two weeks. But it seems like certain people want to just ride the attention of this song to maybe make them their own selves relevant, and that's aggravating as hell. The other thing that I find aggravating is, uh, uh oh, well. You know, like it was funny seeing my song in the. It was fun. It was funny seeing it at the presidential debate, because it's like I wrote that song about those people, you know. So for them to have to sit there and listen to that, uh, that cracks me up. <laughs> Here, I'll stop it there. He does go on to continue to say how he's he's not conservative. He sees himself in the middle of the aisle. Uh, he doesn't identify uh, with conservative media or ideology, as you he heard a little bit there, uh, and he doesn't want to. He he says he also has been overly vilified as someone who uh, doesn't like the poor. And he says if you listen to all of his other music, he's constantly defending uh, people who don't have uh, much and that that is just a left-leaning uh, narrative about him to discredit him. That is stupid. So it's it's really fascinating 
to see someone get as uh, famous overnight as he's gotten for uh, the music itself and people's own interpretation of the music. And then instead of jumping ship, uh, joining some sort of establishment and having the messages and the things he says curated in a certain way to appease whoever it is uh, that those companies think his audience is, he's just putting out YouTube videos and, and talking directly to a camera all on his own. And he's just going to keep doing that, he said, keep writing music, keep doing everything. I find his journey kind of fascinating, and I, I probably will continue to pay attention to it, uh, no matter, again, what he does or who likes this or that. Um, but certainly uh, trying to set the record straight and maybe not as many people paying attention to it as the music itself uh, by saying that politics was not his desire and not really his his goal. And I, I remember hearing that, seeing that uh, when he first went viral and I first started to look at the stuff uh, that he was putting out on social media. And so I'm not terribly surprised. I don't think a lot of people will be surprised. I think a lot of the fans or, or people who listen to the music um, or listen to at least that one song identify with it. And that's bigger or more important than what political side of the aisle somebody's on who's singing a thing. Um, but his claim that he's not conservative, not a Republican, um, was significant, uh, I thought, in the way in which he went about it. And also just laughing, like, put him, I, I know I'm talking a lot about Oliver Anthony, and maybe you don't care, I don't know, but put yourself in his shoes. Uh, you get something that goes viral enough, gets famous enough, gets talked about on a debate stage of a side of the aisle, whatever side of the aisle, and people are all kind of agreeing with it. And you're just sitting there in your house like, man, this song is as much about these people discussing this right now as it is about anybody else in Washington. And yet they're acting as though it's an avenue toward having a conversation to reach people who identified with a song that someone wrote and and, you know, um, wound up being as successful as it is and is making him like forty thousand dollars a day. I think is what I saw. That's the amount of money he's making in royalties off of the digital plays of his music. So his life is different financially, even if he didn't take an $8 million thing. Uh, but at the same time, he's not necessarily intent on doing a whole lot more of what people are expecting. Uh, although we'll see. Uh, and I, I know that he's got some other songs already out there uh, that people seem to like enough that are climbing some charts too. But it, it's, it's not, I'll just say this last, I know, I'm ranting about it. You might not care. Uh, it's not someone who's as worried as, say, other uh, organizations would be about offending people who might be his core audience right now by saying that he is not this, he's not that. Um, and if news media has helped to have him reach uh, certain audiences, uh, he doesn't seem to be all that worried if those audiences don't agree with everything he says and thinks uh, as long as they like his music. And so that's sort of refreshing. Uh, again, regardless of, of where he goes from here. All right, quick break. A lot more. 1470, 100.3. Wait.com. 1470, 100.3. WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Lots of stuff, as I always say, to talk about. I usually try to do less politics uh, in this uh, segment here and in some of the segments of the show. Can't help it, though. Uh, Biden, about an hour ago, uh, gave answers to a couple different questions that you're going to find interesting. Uh, the first one, he was asked about new spending as far as uh, COVID vaccines go. Uh, here's what he said about that. Mr. President, can you say anything about the uptick of COVID cases and new variant? Yes, I can. Matter of fact, I signed off this morning on a proposal we have to present to the Congress a request for additional funding for a new vaccine that is necessary, that works. And tentatively, not decided finally yet, tentatively, 
it is recommended to, it would like to be recommended to everybody get we got to get everybody to get another vaccine. We got to fund another vaccine. We got to do all this stuff again. Uh, obviously, it's very important. That's what he's saying, and that is uh, not surprising. Again, that this is the the conversation. Uh, I think that maybe here here's my my genuine reaction to this. Maybe you could wait a bit longer. You could see if there's any amount of information that comes along that says anything other than what we've gotten so far, because there has been an uptick in cases. Uh, but even uh, the experts that are interviewed on this radio station have said that it shouldn't be as concerning as I guess this makes it sound, because it's not like we think that any of this is uh, more serious or dangerous or or killing people uh, the way that like early COVID, of course, uh, conversations about that. I know there's a lot of people that think that none of that was ever important in the first place and that you didn't need any vaccines. And there's some information out there that seems to back that up uh, now. And I always get shot as the messenger when I say that. Um, but beyond all that, it's sort of amazing and yet completely unsurprising uh, that this is one of the roads that we're likely to go where there's going to be more funding and then maybe more uh, free vaccines and more spending and more profit for five. Pfizer did very well uh, the first time around, and they will probably do very well again, even if people don't go out and even get them, uh, the vaccines this time. And most Americans are not uh, getting any boosters anymore. There, there's not a lot of stats out there that say an overwhelming majority of people are demanding this. So the government's doing something people aren't asking for. Surprise, surprise. Uh, this is also interesting. This is also sort of funny to me. Uh, he was asked about the Trump mugshot, and he did give what I think was probably a very sarcastic answer. But the boos rang out from people standing around as he was doing this. Have you seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet? Mr. President, are you worried at all about that? I, I did see it on television. What did you think? Handsome guy. Wonderful guy. Handsome guy, wonderful guy was his response to it. And there are boos. I don't know who's booing. I don't know if it's his staff. I don't know what people are saying that. Uh, But that's another thing that happened uh, with Biden today. All right. I want to move on to this. I think this is kind of interesting. One other little political thing, and then we'll totally change the topic. Uh, John Kennedy goes viral a lot, the senator, um, for some of the matter of fact stuff he says. This is one of those moments. He's talking about Hunter. He's talking about Joe. He's talking about the Bidens and how it's odd that he gets lectured about privilege sometimes from them. And especially when you're thinking about how much money Hunter Biden has made. Like, that's the one part that is kind of hilarious in all of this, is that no one's disputing the ridiculous sums of money uh, that Hunter Biden made from other countries like Ukraine and China, and that he totally lied about all of his tax returns. That's not in dispute at all. Uh, What is in dispute, of course, is whether or not um, the current president, then vice president, got any of that sweet, sweet cash. But so this is what John Kennedy had to say about that. Well, it seems to me, Sean, that uh, Hunter Gate is about two things, privilege and sleaze. First, the, the privilege. President Biden and many members of the media lecture us incessantly about the injustice of, uh, of privilege, especially so-called white privilege. But to me, that's like being lectured about gun safety by Alec Baldwin. Wow, that is that is something that had a pretty significant reaction. Uh, gun safety by Alec Baldwin, of course, you know why he's making that comment. Uh, and anyone who doesn't know why is because Alec Baldwin um, um, did not have his gun 
So I don't know. I There's still like debate about how that all occurred, uh, but did not have his gun uh, created properly. And he had it pointed at someone and he killed someone on a movie set uh, with a gun that shouldn't have been loaded. Uh, but anyway, um, it, it's interesting to hear Kennedy say that and to get the reaction he did on all that, because it is true. And this is the kind of thing that I think would actually work on the other side of the aisle. Uh, not necessarily something that conservatives are clamoring for as far as a take goes, uh, but the amount of privilege that exists within Hunter Biden experiencing what he's been experiencing so far from the justice system as they're trying to potentially hold him accountable for just his own crimes, just the things he's done wrong, the weapon charge for sure uh, among them. Uh, that feels like something that should be more relevant and simply isn't on the side of the aisle that does yell and scream about some of those things and this and that being unfair. It's sort of shocking that it's not a more significant attack, a more significant conversation in that world. And just because um, uh, John Kennedy referenced the mugshot, I want to play that audio that I was playing earlier in the show. Uh, this is a viral uh, reaction to the mugshot from someone that thinks it's the most, quote, gangster thing he's ever seen. Here we go. Donald Trump mugshot. Oh, my God. Angry little orange. I ain't even like that with the politics. But boy, this gangster can't lie to you. Look at him. He hot. Then a mother is man keep the limited tan and the little <laughs> lip lines on top of the lip. Show you how in this photo. I know he was thinking, ladies and gentlemen and children, vote for me. I would not put it past him to use this in his campaign. I would on my mama. I'm putting this on every flag, every sign. I'm kissing babies with this. Tatted on my lips so it leave a little print on the baby. Right, I've never heard anybody say that they uh, like something so much that they'd want to have it tattooed on their lip and then kiss a baby so that the imprint is left on the head of the baby. That's a unique take, a little more. Like, nah, bro, how gangster is this real talk? You feel me? An ex-president with a mugshot. And what if he wins? What if he win in 2024? Boy, it's, it's over. You know, it's interesting about this, too, again, and this sort of, I guess, dovetails into what I was saying about uh, that that last take and the thing that uh, John Kennedy is saying and how it, it might be more relevant to the side of the aisle that's ignoring all this uh, than you think it would be. Uh, talking about that, talking about the um, unfair treatment of people uh, within our, our legal system, our justice system, having mug shots that go viral, all of those things. It, it feels like anyone that's talked about, say, reform uh, in those places uh, might have some level of interest and not saying that they are going to be convinced that Trump is innocent if they're sure he's guilty, uh, but some level of interest in the way in which these things go down. And it seems evident in some of those uh, viral reactions to it. So I don't know. I'm curious a little bit if the noise around these topics can be separated enough for people who might actually start to think some of the things uh, that are being said by the side of the aisle they're not on make some sense or if you're just too just you're just too close from it you're just you know i'm never going that road i don't care what you say or what you do but anyway we'll take a break uh, a lot more coming up in a bit we'll we'll move on from the world of trump and the mugshot and we'll talk about some other things um don't have a radio handy uh, just tell your smart speaker to play wmbd radio or stream us at wmbdradio.com and here's will stevenson live and local in our wmbd radio newsroom craig a court hearing was canceled today for one of the 18 co-defendants in georgia's case against former president donald trump judge scott mcafee says court records pertaining to harrison floyd had quote misinformation about his case floyd was the leader of the group Black Voices for Trump and is accused of participating in a scheme to pressure an election worker to falsely admitting to voting fraud. 
Floyd remains in jail while other co-defendants have posted bond, including former President Trump. More at WMBDRadio.com. The deaths of as many as five people appear to be linked to severe weather in the Great Lakes region. Just outside Lansing, Michigan, sheriff's officials in Ingham County responded to reports of severe damage to multiple cars on I-96 Thursday night. Deputies confirmed one person was killed there. Meteorologists said there was a tornado in the area. A confirmed tornado tore through the county of Kent, where there was also damage. And a woman died in Lansing when a tree fell on her home. Separately in Spencer Township, a mother and her two toddlers were killed in a car accident during heavy rains. A tornado also touched down in the Cleveland area of Ohio, damaging some properties. Between Ohio and Michigan, roughly 900,000 customers were without power. Fox's Jessica Rosenthal, the National Weather Service, has the Peoria area in a level 2 risk for some form of severe weather tonight, but the storms are expected to be scattered. Peoria police arrested a Pekin man early this morning after finding him near a vehicle reported stolen from Morton. Officers spotted 54-year-old William Thompson removing parts from the vehicle near Montana and Idaho just before 2.15 a.m. Thompson was also reportedly in possession of burglary tools. He was arrested for possession of a stolen vehicle, theft of parts and accessories, and possession of burglary tools then taken to the Peoria County Jail. WMBD News is brought to you by Uftering Weston Cadillac. Drive a new Cadillac today at the Cadillac of Cadillac Dealers. Cadillac is hotter than ever nationwide and here in Peoria. Reserve an inbound Cadillac or custom order at Uftering Weston Cadillac in Peoria. And executing the project. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. I'm going to go a little off the beaten path on this next topic. I do think uh, this is interesting enough to talk about. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it at all. Uh, The president of a organization uh, that actually is um, the Spanish Football Federation is the name of the group. The Royal Spanish, excuse me, uh, Football Federation. That means soccer, uh, by the way, uh, is embroiled in a controversy. He kissed one of the players uh, for the women's team that won the World Cup on the lips Uh, That player has said that she didn't consent to the kiss. And now um, the entire team in a message that they put up on social media is calling for this president to step down. If he doesn't step down, they ain't playing any more soccer. I have some British audio I want to play of someone doing a report on this. I don't know why I was amused uh, because you can hear the accent there. Uh, But this is the way they're covering the topic there. Significant breaking news. This coming out of Spain, the world champions, the Spanish women, the squad have, have released a joint statement and they have said they will not play any matches until the president of the Spanish FA, Rubiales, has gone. So the players have spoken. He, we thought, was going to resign today. He did not do that. He said he will not resign. He said it five times. Five times. And he doubled down on that. Anyway, the women's football squad have said they will not play any matches until he is gone. Remember? You know, what's really interesting about this. Uh, and this is just my my own personal assessment of it. And by the way, the player herself uh, put out a, a statement uh, saying that um, the organization lied about her position, because I guess the, the dude in charge uh, put out a statement saying that the kiss was consensual. Um, and she said it, it wasn't. Uh, she goes, I want to clarify, as seen in the images, at no time did I consent to the kiss he gave me. And, of course, in no case did I try to lift the president. I do not tolerate my words being doubted, much less making up words I have not said. Uh, the thing I, I wonder about this, and, again, you're probably not paying attention to this, but I, I wanted to bring it up for a 
different reason, is if anybody involved, and I'm not going to say that it's actually the, the woman who got kissed without her consent, the, uh, Jenny is the name of that soccer player, but anybody involved is getting it to this level of demanding uh, resignation because they think it's the thing they're supposed to do, uh, meaning that the society we live in right now needs this to be the outcome of a situation like this. You cannot have forgiveness or, or whatever it is. I don't know if the guy, um, you know, forced himself uh, knowingly. That's a weird way to say this. It's, it's very odd. It's a celebratory moment, and I don't know why he did what he did. I don't know why she felt what she felt. I, I don't know any of it. Uh, I know what they've said after the fact, that he thought it was consensual. She thought it, it wasn't. And it is a weird move, too, by the way. I'll just say that, to, like, randomly kiss a person, uh, even if you're very happy, and even going full lip. I know that in Europe, maybe they at least go cheek to cheek or something. Uh, but at the same time, I, I wonder if an aspect of all of this is just the the society we live in and the demands of that society. And I actually thought of, not that she said this about this, something that Jennifer Aniston said this week about how cancel culture and all these things and no ability to forgive anyone for anything is something that that maybe shouldn't exist. And maybe there's got to be redemption, some path to it. I'm not trying to defend the guy. I'm not saying I even care all that much about whether or not some guy in charge of some uh, soccer league in Spain keeps or loses his job. It's not on my radar normally, but I did think it was it was viral enough and interesting enough and being talked about enough that that part of me does because it's been a, a slow burn, I guess, in the world of this topic, getting more and more information uh, rolled out about it. And now that it's gotten to the point where the team is demanding that this person step down or they're not going to play anymore, it feels like that is, has been more a reaction to the coverage of the story than the immediate response of the team. Because you would think that that would have come out uh, immediately, that that would have been one of the first statements that the team would have been driving that narrative. And it doesn't seem that they were, at least from uh, what I've seen or what I've tried to dive into to understand this topic better. Uh, and I, again, I'm not trying to... Uh, some people are going to hear this and think like, whoa, crazy hot take from Craig Collins on the radio today where he's defending a guy who kissed somebody that didn't want to be kissed. No, not at all. I promise you that's not the intention of this. I I just wonder a bit if the way that some of these things uh, escalate to the level of we demand this guy quit or else we're not uh, going to play anymore uh, is more because of how media, social media and mainstream news media has reacted to the story. And then maybe like you reinterpret it a few days later. I don't know. And maybe you do lean into, uh, and I'm not saying again that she's saying anything is, uh, that she's lying at all. I, I believe if someone gives their opinion that that's, that's what they feel uh, happened and, and that matters. Um, but at the same time, it's just, it's curious to me because it's taken longer than you'd think it would have taken to get to the level it's at now uh, where they're asking for the things they're asking for, that being the, the entire team themselves. But uh, as far as I know, that's something that makes sense. I'll move on because I know you probably don't care that much about uh, this specific topic. Uh, and yet, I, I don't know, I feel like the macro point is whether or not we see a lot more of this. And I guess, you know, here, okay, here's where I'm going. I'll go a different place. Um, and I, I thought it was interesting and it happened on my social media page it's, it's not at all connected uh, to that thing going on in spain um but i was looking through i told this story uh, at the start of the show some of the reactions that people had to a message i put up on social media that was a reaction to somebody else's thing and it's kind of hard to explain but i'm going to try to do it so the lincoln project is the name of a group uh, that group put out a uh, photoshopped video 
of uh, Donald Trump's mugshot and a bar of people going absolutely crazy, like celebrating it hard uh, the way you would if you were in a crowd of people celebrating a Cubs World Series, Cardinals World Series, whoever you're a fan of, a sporting event thing uh, where there's uniformity of opinion. And so I just commented that that video is from 2016 and it's actually a soccer thing as well out of England. Maybe that's why I've just connected these dots. And so I was seeing all the reactions to me and a bunch of people getting so mad that I put up, and it's a pretty famous um, meme or video, and so it wasn't really a a thing that probably shocked everybody. Like, I think that a lot of people understood it as comedy, but some people didn't. But anyway, like the amount of anger uh, people threw my direction, and all I said on social media was, "This uh, the video uh, this is Photoshopped from, that's the entirety of my statement, and then I included a link to the original video, um, was sort of amazing to me. It wasn't shocking. I was going to say shocking, but it wasn't. I guess it's somewhat predictable. But I kind of wonder if every single person who's coming after me on social media right now actually really thinks what they're saying. And I'm not saying they think something completely the opposite. And I know this is sort of a, a macro philosophical, a weird direction to go. And it's, it's probably not the best uh, jumping off point uh, from the story out of Spain, because if you don't consent to something and someone does something you don't consent to, they probably deserve to get in trouble for that. But at the same point, I wonder if some of the exaggerated behavior that exists in, in social media places isn't authentic, and that's not a very hot take. I think a lot of people would agree with that, uh, but does do a lot of weird damage in some areas of our lives, because when you're walking around, when you're in, in public, not as many people come up to you and just start screaming their opinion at you and thinking if your opinion is different from their opinion, that they can't tolerate being around you for a few seconds. Uh, one of the places that I think about this a lot, uh, this is a weird road to go, but I'm here it's hot outside. Maybe my brain is being screwy is when I'm standing in a grocery store online. Uh, when I'm waiting for my turn to check out in the grocery store line, that's one of the moments where I think to myself, there's a row of people in front of me, especially depending on what time I go to the store, uh, a, a certain amount of people behind me. I have no idea what any of their opinions are of anything. I have no intention of asking any of these people what their opinions are of anything. No one else has the intention of doing that. We're all going to go through the line, and if we you know, bump into each other or something, we'll all be polite, and then we'll walk out, we'll go our own ways. And that isn't a world that exists in media places, in social media places, anywhere else, where you just don't care what people's opinion is and where you want to kind of attack and go after somebody. And I didn't even really, like, share my opinion on the post where I thought that people were, my mother just texted me that Twitter is mean. I'm not upset by it. I was actually amused by it, to be honest. But at the same time, like, I couldn't understand the level of anger uh, that was coming from people who, um, you know, saw a tweet where someone was going, just so people know, just for your edification, is another way I could have said it, this is what the original video looks like. This is not, I didn't even say any of that, though. I just said the original video, this is Photoshop from, and people lost their minds. Uh, at least the people who are responding to me. And so, again, I, I wonder if that's even legitimate from, from everyone out there. And I, this might be a repetitive segment, so help me. I'll take a break in a second. Uh, and maybe it's the, the biggest damage to us. Uh, Donald Trump this week said uh, that he uh, thinks a lot of Democrats are good people. And he meant the voters, not necessarily the politicians and in positions of power. I don't think he was trying to compliment them. And he said that he wanted to be the president for everybody. And I know a whole lot of people don't give a crap about that. If you hate the guy, you don't think that's genuine at all. You think that's a load of, of stuff. Um, but at the same time, the simple sentiment is, is not one many people should disagree with. 
Um, Donald Trump, of all people, uh, if that's what you think he is, a, a terrible, hateful, awful person, and this isn't intent to overly defend him either, um, but if you think that, and then he says that most people who vote Democratic are actually good people, I wonder what that does to your brain. I wonder how, how you take that. Uh, all then a, a few hours, or a, I guess a day after, because I was in the Tucker thing, when he takes the mugshot, people around the world are celebrating it, or at least pretending to celebrate it with a video that's edited. I don't know. But it, it was interesting to me, and I just I thought about that a lot more. We have such a willingness to vocalize to people that we, we hate them uh, in places where we don't actually have to look them in the face. And when you're looking people in the face, you don't say you hate a lot of people anywhere near as much. Uh, just regular people. A quick break, a lot more, 1470. Offices in the world. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, lots of stuff to talk about, as I always say, and a little over 10 minutes, like 15 minutes. I will do the top five stories at 5 o'clock. Those are the five biggest stories of the day, according to me. In that moment, at that time, uh, not any earlier. Uh, a couple of these topics were almost uh, top five at five. So this is the almost five at five before five o'clock segment, I guess. Um, I don't know if you've seen this. I'm guessing actually a lot of people have. I think it actually broke yesterday. Uh, but both paper and bamboo straws are potentially bad for you. Uh, they contain chemicals, uh, forever chemicals and other things that are toxic. And so they're, they're not good for you. It's not about the environment necessarily or anything else. Uh, this is something that obviously was a, a replacement to the plastic straw because you were told you can't have a plastic straw anymore. And now you're told if you drink the other straws that you might actually be harming yourself. So it's a no-win world in, in the, the straw game right now, uh, no matter what straw you're choosing. I, I don't know when we go back to... The plastic ones, or if we if we don't go back, I'm sure a lot of people do use the plastic straws uh, because, darn it, it's the only one that's apparently safe for you now. But it's a really interesting story to me, and especially, I don't know how actually dangerous it is. I'm not trying to stoke fear and tell you that if you've used a uh, paper straw or a bamboo straw, you need to rush to a doctor right now. But at the same time, uh, what it's sort of, uh, and this is a, a cheap take, but I'm going to do it because I, I believe it. Uh, so it's, it's a genuine take. You might get mad at it. Oh, well, it is what it is. Um, when we try to replace one thing with another thing, and we don't think about the ramifications, the potential problems with going from this road to that road because we're told we can't be at this road anymore, or the disposable uh, straw and then the permanent straw versions of life that we all have. Um, oftentimes, and I'm sure anyone would say this about some of the things that happened over the last couple of years, uh, we, we do more harm than good. And it sounds like that might be the case in the world of straws and, and people, 90%. Of those straws contain forever chemicals uh, that might actually be harmful to you. I just thought it was an interesting story. Again, I don't have uh, more of a take on it other than I don't even know if anyone will change behavior because of it. Uh, another thing out there, certainly not a fun topic, but a topic I did I want to address it at some point uh, today. Um, Hawaii released the names of 388 people that are still missing after the deadly wildfire there. 388 people still missing. I I'm not going to you know, run through uh, names of any kind uh, on the show. Uh, but officials said 1,000 to, to 1,100 names remained on the FBI's tentative, unconfirmed list of people that are unaccounted for. But DNA had been collected and uh, from only 104 families. So there, there's a really significant amount of people in that area uh, that you still don't know what happened to, although I'm sure most of those families uh, fear for the worst. 
And the reason that this is, is something I wanted to, to discuss at all on a Friday, not exactly a fun topic, is because of, of how it does. And I don't mean to turn something serious and not about politics into something that has a political connection. But this is why it makes it so much more significant, the way in which uh, the president of the United States handled himself well in Maui while talking to families and talking about his his house fire and how he lost uh, things, even though he didn't lose very much in that actual fire. You have people that are still looking for their loved ones and have no idea where they are. And so I know that there's another uh, hot take thing out there, and I guess I'll play it. We can go ahead and play that, too, of um, someone in um, Hawaii, someone in Maui, uh, talking about how upset they were about Biden. Uh, and actually, they, they do at the end of it. And I'm pretty sure I didn't edit this. So actually, I, I don't think I'll play it All right here. I'll save it. Uh, but at the end of the statement, the person says, take your $700, get back in your plane and bleeping go home um, because uh, that individual says that's not going to help enough. Uh, everything that they're going through. And I think they have medicine that they need and, and whatever else out there. It, it just it pales in comparison to what Biden is saying he's doing to help. And so it is interesting to hear uh, the significance of that sentiment and the amount of people uh, sharing that information, because, you know, it, it's probably a feeling anyone would have, no matter what your political opinion was uh, beforehand. When you see someone come into town, spend a day, uh, tell you a con- tell you a, a story about themselves and then leave and go back on vacation. And you wonder this feels like the, the Richmond, North of Richmond thing, uh, not to repeat too many of the topics I'm talking about today. Um, but it, it feels very much like people who are disconnected from the world we live in uh, trying to occasionally visit it. I like that. That's truthfully, I think if I were someone in Hawaii or, or living with any sort of a natural uh, disaster, anything uh, that would be the, the craziest struggle of my life. And then a politician came and told a stupid story about themselves and then left. Uh, that would be what I'd feel like, like they were visiting me at a zoo that they don't actually belong to. That is my life and not their life, which is much, much harder, much, much more difficult, much more real than their life is. And so uh, to me, that's probably the most angering or offensive part of it, And it, it matters even more in the context of the fact that the situation, the crisis is still not even completely figured out uh, for so many people, for so many families. All right. Some other stuff out there in the world uh, that I thought was interesting and let's say uh, way, way uh, lighter uh, to talk about on, on a Friday, although I guess this isn't exactly uplifting. I don't know what the, the mood is today or the, the heat uh, today is, but New York City is apparently the loneliest city uh, for people who move there. Uh, newbies are using apps to make friends uh, the same way that people use apps to, to keep be in relationships. Millennial and Gen Z uh, people who move to big cities, especially New York, are, are trying to match. I've, I've never. You know, what's funny about this. I've never uh, tried this. And I'm sure anytime you're anywhere new, uh, some party would be like, man, I'd like to, to grow a friendship group. And after you get uh, above a certain age, it's kind of tricky to try to grow that friendship group. But this would be way too awkward uh, to to try to find likes and dislikes that are similar uh, to someone that you just want to be friends with. Uh, but apparently it's successful uh, for some young people. And there's several apps out there that I guess uh, cater to this, uh, although most of those apps probably also see people who just wind up dating each other and not uh, creating friendships. Uh, but it is it is sort of interesting. It is sort of odd, again, to me that they say these big cities, these big places uh, where people are moving are some of the, the loneliest places uh, to live. And the only real solution to it in today's world, I guess, is to download an app and swipe left and swipe right on on friends, uh, which, again, it, it just that feels 
that feels weird. All right. Uh, another thing out there, uh, just shifting gears again, and as I said, the top five at five is coming up in a little bit, uh, a little bit later on after the news, about 10 minutes or so. Uh, but I thought this was interesting. Experts revealed the perfect temperature to increase sleep, decrease stroke risks, and other things. And of course, since it's so uh, crazy hot out right now, I thought that that was probably some valuable information for us to discuss, uh, for you to know about. Uh, the research observed an overall trend, 5% to 10% drop in sleep efficiency as ambient temperature increased from 77 to 86 degrees, meaning the ideal temperature for you, for me, for anybody to go to sleep to is 77 degrees. And then any, any inking, uh, any like, you know, Slow, uh, slow incremental uh, shift upward, worse and worse. Uh, you know what's funny about this, uh, actually, and it's been very, very hot, uh, but my wife is just immune to the heat, uh, being someone from Mexico. Compared to me, she has very little struggle in this world. Uh, our, ha our bedroom is not at that temperature, not at 77. It's like 81 or 82. And I feel like it's, it's okay enough. Although it definitely could be nicer. It's not 86. It's not 87. Although I think uh, Betty could probably still fall asleep in those temperatures. Um, and, yeah, I'm not sure what else to say about it. But at 81, 82, I still wake up, like, covered in sweat. And that's, that's not the most fun uh, early in the morning. And I wonder, I wonder to myself, like, is there any potential there? But maybe I'll use the story. Maybe I'll go home and be like, well, you know, Betty, I, it says that this is the right temperature and see what she thinks about it. Although I think she might uh, start to have some like, you know, allergy issues of her own. So it just was interesting to me that 77 to 86 and then anything above 86 is unbearable. Uh, but there are times and maybe, you know what, maybe the genius of this is that I, I, I'm a more restless sleeper than the missus. And if I am too hot, uh, and I don't want to, you know, make Betty sleep in air conditioning that she doesn't want. I just sleep in our downstairs guest room, which is obviously much cooler. It's down a flight of stairs. And so maybe that's the genius of it. Maybe she's slowly uh, getting me to not annoy her at night by flipping around the whole time. And that's all this is. Maybe I figured it out in this moment. All right. Uh, one other thing uh, before I, I take a break. And like I said, I'll do the actual big stories of the day uh, after the news. Now, a bride asked a friend to make a wedding cake uh, and then got offended uh, when questioned if she's paying for the ingredients. So the person who got offended uh, was the person who uh, asked for the cake in the first place. But when you ask a friend for a thing, for a wedding or for anything else, I just thought it was kind of interesting that, you know, someone would be like, how dare you? How dare you tell me that uh, that you thought that I wouldn't pay for these ingredients? Of course I'm going to pay for these ingredients. Whoa, I don't know what just happened there. Hold on. I think that's a commercial that's not supposed to be playing. Got to stop that. How dare you think that I wouldn't pay you for ingredients that I'm obviously paying for? Uh, but at the same time, what I thought was so funny, again, about it is if you didn't offer to pay to begin with and the person starts making a thing, maybe you were trying to get that for free. Uh, maybe you were trying to squeak that past the goalie just a little bit. And it makes sense. I think you got to ask those questions uh, in groups of friends. They say that you shouldn't really borrow money or other things from friends because it's going to get awkward and it feels like it got very awkward. But all right, we'll take a break. Uh, we'll do a lot more in just a bit, including the top five stories of the day. Um, I love a bunch of texts coming in, too, so maybe I'll go through some of the texts that we're getting. Uh, I think at some point, too, Brett Brooks, 25 News, might be trying to swing in here, but I know she's got some other stuff. She usually comes in on Friday, so I think she's, she's covering something live, so she might uh, be here, too. Uh, but Will's got your news. And then the uh, top five stories of the day, according to me, uh, you can hear us on AM at 1470 and FM at 100.3. Like buying a car this way.
1470, 100.3, WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Hold on, got to hit the right one there. You know what time it is. It's time for this. It's time for the Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. These are the five biggest news stories of the day, according to me. Uh, I usually try to put them in particular order, so we're going to do that in reverse order this time. And uh, we're trying it out this week. I don't know if we'll uh, keep it going. Dave Letterman is helping me out with this. Very kind of him. And at almost no charge, which is even nicer. Oh, wait, hold on. It's got to get to the other thing. Number five. Thank you, Dave. Let's go with number five. This is my number five, and it's probably off the beaten path. But again, I get to pick all these. Uh, the White House has defended itself in response to asylum seeker influx criticism uh, from uh, New York's governor and from other places. Uh, there's a lot of places that are saying that this is uh, a problem now, uh, more so than, say, when it was just being left to places like um, the border cities to deal with. And so I thought it was really interesting that the Biden administration is saying, we're not going to do all this stuff uh, that you're asking for us to do, uh, Kathy Hochul or anybody else out there. Uh, we don't think that we're making any mistakes, at least compared to the things you're asking for, like expediting some processing, et cetera. Um, it's interesting, the infighting uh, that now, now may start to exist in the world of uh, the border and whether or not that winds up being an issue that matters to, say, more people. It's been an issue that's mattered to a lot of people, uh, a lot of people on a certain side of the aisle for quite some time now. Uh, but as you see uh, Democrats eat their own, again, I wonder if that's something that winds up being more significant in other places. That's number five. Let's go ahead and do number four. Number four. Thank you, sir. Uh, this is, to me, a really fascinating story. Uh, and I think NBC News is the one that did this story. Um, a guy in Florida found out that his neighbor was injecting liquid chemicals under his door uh, that was making him and his family sick, including a baby, because of some sort of disagreement they were having. And I wanted to play some of the audio because uh, the dude who's talking to the camera just can't fathom. And he, he put like a... Um, a security camera, but he, he sort of hit it in a plant in front of his uh, apartment door to, to see what was going on because he was he was curious as to why he and his family were not um, you know as healthy as they should be. And so here I want to play this, and then I want to react to like the craziness of this story. I wish no one else has to go through what we went through. When his 10-month-old baby started vomiting and he smelled chemicals around his condo, Umar Abdullah said he had to do something. Then I actually double-checked. I started sniffing that place like a dog. He said he changed his water heater, called the fire department, still nothing. Then he said he thought about his downstairs neighbor, Zhuming Li, who kept complaining about noises from upstairs. Even during war, the worst enemies do not attack the opponent, the other party, with chemicals. He installed a hidden camera, and lo and behold, he caught Lee, appearing to fill a syringe with liquid and injecting it under his door. The first this is this is the craziest thing I've seen. And you see the video, uh, you see uh, the neighbor uh, with his little syringe and injecting what I assume then becomes, you know, some sort of uh, chemical that's making them sick, um, you know, that uh, gets released in the air. But it's the access to it. One is sort of surprising to me. And certainly a lot of the conversations people have about how we better protect society from people who want to do harm to other people and all that. But this to me is just it, it. That's why it made the list of the top five. And I probably should have put it higher than number four. But it's just so crazy. It's so insane that you're mad about noises uh, that exist with a neighbor. And so you're literally trying to 
uh, maybe, um, I don't know if the intention was to actually kill them, but harm them with, with chemical warfare, which is how the, a guy on the news talks about it. When, when did this become a, a thing that we see a, a lot of? And maybe I'm being overly you know, dramatic or, or reacting too much to this, but I just I couldn't fathom. And the one other thing I guess I'll say, and this is uh, the last part, and I'll move on uh, to some other uh, stories out there in the news. Um, but to me, it's why having a security camera is really important. Um, not that you're going to get chemically agented uh, by a neighbor of yours. But actually, just the other day, I had a neighbor ask me if my camera had caught anything in like the early hours of the morning on our block because someone tried to break into somebody else's car. And I guess they failed. They tried to, like, punch out a window, and it didn't work. And, yeah, I had two videos uh, that I forwarded to them, and I think they forwarded on to the police. It didn't show as much as it needed to. You couldn't see, like, a a crystal clear person because my camera wasn't exactly facing it. But they were so thrilled, and I imagine, again, in this NBC case, the guy is thrilled that he has this information to prove that what's going on is going on. So I do highly recommend maybe a simple, basic security camera of some kind outside in the front of the house or in the back of the house or somewhere. They're affordable. They're easy to get. They're easy to set up now because this story is crazy. All right, that's that's number four. Not exactly the most fun Friday Five, but let's continue. Uh, number three. Number three, uh, there's more weather stuff out there. Uh, I've been making the uh, heat the top story of the day all week, and it, it probably still is. For you and how you're like talking to people in your life, you're probably still bringing up how ridiculously hot it is. Um, but now there's other weather things happening uh, in Louisiana. They're telling about a thousand people in Merrillville to get out now. That's the actual a phrase that was put up by the sheriff's office on social media, which I am trying to picture like myself reading. Uh, but they said there's an uncontrollable wildfire in the area uh, that has forced just a thousand residents to get out of that town. A Tiger Island fire started on Thursday, and it's something that they can't uh, extinguish right now for a couple reasons. One, I guess some sort of air water tankers haven't done enough. And two, they're not letting local firefighters in to fight the fire because uh, they think it might be too dangerous. But again, that's significant in a very different way. Uh, to me because you're, you're hearing a lot of this, you're, you're talking a lot about it, uh, and, and people are certainly coming to all kinds of conclusions that probably have nothing to do with it. Uh, but just as far as a, um, a story out there in the news, I thought this was significant because the sheriff's office went to social media and told people, get out now. I, I hope that actually worked. I imagine some people might have thought it was a prank or a joke of some kind if they're not paying enough attention. Although I imagine in an area like that with wildfire that's significant, you probably are aware it's not a joke. But still, I thought it was interesting. All right, number two, let's do two. Number two. The number two story of the day is the uh, Donald Trump mugshot from yesterday. It is being talked about. It is all over uh, the Internet, all over social media. A dominant conversation, I think, in political circles. Uh, the enjoyment of the um, the mugshot is as interesting to me as anything else on it. I do have uh, some audio that I might play of uh, someone celebrating how uh, ridiculous it looks. But I'll, I'll be honest, the fact that Trump is going to be capable of turning this in to a financially beneficial thing for him and his campaign is completely unsurprising. 100% the way that you'd kind of think it was going to go. They're going to sell T-shirts and mugs and all kinds of things. Uh, but it, it demonstrates that even as um, the uh, politicians uh, fight about whether or not all of this is is um, uh, a witch hunt and, and a goose chase and, you know, political corruption and easily it's political interference, no matter what you think of guilt or innocence. 
there's an aspect of it that continues to help uh, the former president in the polls, in, in his ability to raise funds, in his ability to do everything. And so that, to me, is fascinating. That, to me, is, is kind of uh, incredible because it, it does, and I know that a lot of people on a certain side of the aisle hate this, it does show that there's a whole lot of people out there who right now think every part of this is crap. And even Trump the other day said that when someone gets indicted in political spaces in the past, that's usually the end of the career. You, you give the message to the supporters that you want to spend more time with your family, and that has not been the case, doesn't need to be the case. I would wonder. If I was any other Republican politician uh, right now out there trying to run against Trump, if you'd think to yourself, you know what, I just I just pack this in. I just give up right now. And again, I'm not trying to allude to some sort of guilt or innocence uh, that I, I don't think that's important to the top five at five or at least to the stake. What I think is more important is the fact that it, it's been such an effective um, um, aid uh, to the former president. Well, a whole lot of people in I think uh, Georgia and Manhattan, for sure, are are very much politically against him, uh, as much as probably the federal people are, too, uh, that that the one thing they didn't want to happen is happening over and over again with the benefit of all of this. And so it's the two uh, number two story to me today. And then let's finally do the last one. Number one. Thank you for the drum roll, Dave. Uh, the last story is actually also somewhat connected to it, and I just think it's also uh, somewhat amusing today. Uh, Joe Biden, just a couple hours ago, uh, said that the uh, mugshot of Donald Trump uh, made him look handsome. He got booed after the question, not so much exactly after the answer. But that's just saying that out loud and then being able to play this audio and then uh, take a break and uh, do other things. You have a mugshot of a former president being an actual thing that exists in our society now. And I've said several times, and I'll say it again on this show, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. I don't necessarily think that's something that's benefiting our country to have out there in the world. And I'm not alone. MSNBC had a take on that. They had an opinion piece, and I was reading it, and I'm like, oh, crap. I agree with MSNBC on something. But the embarrassment to our country is much more significant than forcing someone to take a mugshot that has no need, no relevance in the court. They're not going to not know who he is. Trump's not going to run and try to hide somewhere with a disguise. He's too recognizable. So it wasn't important. And it was just spite and pettiness that it happened. Uh, but I did think it was interesting, again, that it's it's out there and it got all these reactions. that This is, of all things, what Biden said about it, because that will forever be uh, a thing uh, that one president had a mugshot come out and the other pretty current president said he looked handsome. I'm sure he's joking, but nonetheless, these are the words he chose. Have Mr. you president, seen Donald Trump's mugshot yet? Mr. President, are you worried uh, at all about that? I, I did see it on television. What'd you think? Handsome guy. Wonderful guy. Handsome guy, wonderful guy. He smiles as he says it. Uh, the 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 stuff going on in the world right now. There seems to be some sort of like sick pleasure that that's uh, coming over the current president now that his his main competitor in this election has a mugshot out there in the world. Um, it's it's just something. And so that's the number one story of the day. I'm not I'm not happy about the number one, but to me that's the biggest thing that happened uh, in the last just few hours. All right, quick break. A lot more. Fourteen seventy one hundred point. Wait.com. Fourteen seventy one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. 
I do think this is interesting. I don't know why I've got so many political topics uh, today. I can't help it. That's just what the stack is. And we do the stack, whatever the stack is. Uh, but the uh, report about the sale of Mar-a-Lago, uh, which I, I think you might have heard about, uh, there was a claim in a bunch of media places that former President Trump sold Mar-a-Lago for $422 million to his kid, to one of his sons. Uh, he transferred the ownership of it was another way I think that people were saying it. And they, I think, were trying to say that it was evident evidence that he was afraid of some of the stuff going on as far as the legal challenges coming after him. That's not true. It's complete crap. And the way in which it's crap is sort of the most entertaining part of this. A website, Zillow, uh, misunderstood um, uh, or got some erroneous information. They made a mistake somehow, and everybody just trusted it for anyone that reported on this, which to me is even funnier. Uh, Zillow.com is just one website uh, that lists addresses and houses and, and costs and stuff. And so they had a report or they had a, a thing they put up under the address for Mar-a-Lago that said it had recently been sold for $422 million on August 4th, which, by the way, if you are the president, the former president, and you were, which didn't happen again, transferring a property to your kid, making him pay $422 million, that's just mean. That's just, even if that's the, the value of the house, I mean, like, and I know Mar-a-Lago, fancy, but still, it, it feels like that's egregious um, for a family member. You can't you can't hit them up for that much money. I don't know that uh, Don Jr. or Eric have that. Uh, I feel like they probably do, but you never know. Uh, but anyway, and kidding aside, I just thought it was so interesting that, that that's all it took for this to be a wildfire enough of a story uh, that people ran with it. And Zillow has now apologized. They said that we strive for accuracy on our site, and if we become aware of inaccurate information, we update it immediately. After an investigation, it appears the information provided was incorrect. We've corrected the information about this property. I wonder how deep of an investigation that went on. And actually, I hope that no one that looked into cocaine in the White House uh, helped out with that because they would have given up way sooner. Uh, but apparently, you just had to go to like look at the records uh, in the area in Palm Beach. Uh, there's no court filings. There's no property records. But it, it's funny to me because right now on the Google machine, I can type in Trump sold Mar-a-Lago and find reputable news organizations that are still saying that that or haven't taken down uh, their posts yet about that. And it's all because of a one-off post on some one website um, that even I remember when I was buying my house, my real estate agent said, yeah, Zillow's not all that trustworthy. They're not all that good of a site. Don't don't worry about what they think. Uh, but that's that's all it took. And then people run wild. They they create these stories. They they talk about these sorts of things. And it, it takes someone actually doing a little bit of real journalism to be like, well, is there is there a legal document that backs up this status change on a website? And if not, then maybe it's not true, guys. Maybe we need to reevaluate that. Other things out there uh, shifting away from politics. I thought this was um, a like this is a question I never thought I would talk about on the radio. Um, but are self-driving cars kosher? San Francisco rabbis are weighing in as to whether a self-driving car is something that's appropriate uh, in that religion. Uh, the fact that it might react to a passenger's weight or position alone might rule them out uh, for certain things in the world of the Jewish faith. Uh, the same is true if riders would need to activate the ride. Uh, this would, of course, be uh, when celebrating the Sabbath. Like, talk about a really unique uh, situation uh, where someone's like, oh, no, I can't take my self-driving car anywhere. I can't can't jump into that for, for this reason. And the fact that it's like a deep dive, 
um, uh, article and that you got a, a bunch of people uh, giving their own opinions on it. I wonder if anyone thought they'd ever be in the position to be asked a question like this and then have to evaluate it. I know that any of the faiths out there, uh, mine, Catholic, uh, the Jewish faith, um, what have you, uh, they probably didn't predict the self-driving car when they were coming up with the rules initially. When you first started planning out all the things, I don't know that you got to that point where you're like, well, what if the car drives itself? Uh, then what are we going to do? Um, or obviously I didn't even know cars were going to be a thing at all. So it just amuses me even more that you have to go back and try to reevaluate something within the context of a religion or within the context of, of certain beliefs um, and then decide that this uh, does or doesn't make sense. Uh, other things out there in the world. I like this story more than I should. And maybe I can bring in Will Stevenson uh, to react to this one, too. Mm -hmm. I like it more than I should um, because it's probably actually sad. There's a component to this that's probably actually sad. Okay. But in Germany, people have been spotting someone that they're referring to as the wolf man. Oh. The wolf man in photos is a completely naked guy that has let hair grow in a lot of places oh, no. to a degree that maybe it doesn't typically grow. Oh, or maybe he's just naturally always been that way, but they don't know anything more about Boy, him. I was going to say, I sure hope there's a backstory to this. <laughs> no, they don't know anything more about him. There's been spottings. Uh, there, I think there's even a newspaper now that's covered the wolf man, but they have very little information. In the centerfold? <laughs> yeah, they have very little information about who he is, what he's doing, or how long he's been uh, wolfing uh, out there in the world. Um, and so the reason I thought this was so uh, fun, and the, the thing that I'm going to be honest about and serious about is there's probably a mental health thing or something yeah. else uh, going on. So for that reason, it's not. But just what it would be like to witness this and then try to describe it to people, especially if the wolfman has now disappeared. I don't know that I'd believe my friend when they told me they saw the wolfman. Well, you don't believe your friend when they say they saw Bigfoot. So why would you <laughs> why would you believe them Even here? Now, yeah, I don't know what else you do. And the fact that he keeps also getting away and that no one is able to actually track him down and find him. Like, that's a part that's kind of surprising to me. If the wolfman is in a specific area at a specific time and you report it, I feel like they should be able to track him down and if quicker. if there are people around to see him, then presumably yes. it's not just a one-on-one -on -one encounter, right. I would think. There's but... been multiple reports. So there's a part of me that's actually really impressed with the evasiveness of Wolfman yeah, in this I world. Yeah, I would say so, yeah. He's, he's being able... I mean, if he's got that much hair on him, you shouldn't be able to miss him. There's not a lot of people in the world who can remain on the run and naked at the same time and oh, the wolf I bet man is more one of those things <laughs> no i feel like a lot of people who go out into the world naked eventually get caught i don't i don't think i don't think i know a lot of stories that is a hot take that right is a hot there. take i know i feel like it's one of it's one of the areas where we're pretty good at catching people as if they're out in public for a long time naked it, it's a shame that in the expanse of my career i've not reported on uh, naked people being on the loose that's more because, than i have that's because we're so good at catching them i, I get, feel like it proves my point so good or either we're so good at catching them or we or have no idea so good at disappearing <laughs> i guess so they all have wolfman skills like seriously he's got batman level disappearing abilities all right which is which is kind of uncomfortable but also kind of hilarious you know like modern day batman not like the 60s Batman, oh, yeah, no. you could see everywhere. No, yeah, that guy, he couldn't do... Adam West could not disappear from stuff. No, He didn't even know where to not. throw a bomb. He, he had to struggle very much. <laughs> well, that's why he had an assistant. Right. Everywhere he went yeah, on Alfred that... Alfred <laughs> was the mastermind of that organization anyway. I don't know why I just vividly remembered the Batman movie where he's trying to dispose a bomb, like a really stupid-looking bomb, over his head, and everywhere he goes, there's, <laughs> like, is, innocent people he can't throw it. TNT on it. Yeah, I think it was one of those. <laughs> 
And everywhere he goes, it's like school children, so he can't throw it there. And then that's it's one of my favorite moments. That's in that comedy. Batman. Yeah. Right. Well, I probably, I've, I've spoken much before about uh, when Batman and Robin in the 60s were dunked in the vat of sulfuric acid. Yes, yeah. So. Yes, yeah. And that was a two-parter, two-episode It was arc. a very stunning two-part episode. It was, with a great tease. No, that's, that's writing what at its have, best. What would have happened if, in the start of the second part of the episode, Batman and Robin never came up to the surface of the sulfuric yeah, acid? Just, I ask you. If it just went real serious and they're just gone? That's like, okay. Like, that's the they didn't make it. that Batman's been canceled? Man, I don't know. Oh, that was fun. That was a good memory. Yeah. That's a... That's a philosophical mm-hmm. discussion, if I've ever heard That's of true. one. Uh, and by the way, I highly recommend anyone to go watch the Adam West Batman movie. Uh, and, oh, and yeah. When he's trying to dispose of the bomb, uh, think about me. It's a cinematic masterpiece. <laughs> it sure is. That's what you're doing on a Friday night when it's been hot all week. Hey, why not? All right. Will's got the news. I have... Uh, <laughs> the heat might get to your head. It's, That's true. It's fine. That's true. Uh, Will's got the news. I have good story, bad story coming up after that. Uh, don't have a radio handy. Uh, you can just tell your smart speaker to play WMB radio or stream us at wmbdradio.com and you'll hear will stevenson live and local in our wmbd radio newsroom <laughs> your smart speaker might want to skip over some of what you just heard though <laughs> not all of it just yeah, some of it just some of it everyone indicted in an election interference case out of georgia has surrendered to local authorities the remaining defendants joined former president donald trump with all 19 having mugshots included in their surrender one of the final defendants included Trevian Kuti, a former publicist for Kanye West and spokesperson for R. Kelly. Those accused in District Attorney Fonnie Willis's prosecution met the prosecutor's set deadline for Friday at noon. All 19 are being charged over allegations they tried to overturn the 2020 presidential election results in Georgia. The former president has called the prosecution a, quote, witch hunt. Willis has said she wants to try all 19 defendants together. Fox's Ryan Schmelz, more at WMBDRadio.com. Meantime, United Auto Workers Union members vote to strike amid ongoing contract talks with the big three automakers. Hundreds of thousands of UAW members overwhelmingly granting union leaders authorization to strike amid ongoing negotiations. The strike authorization vote as contracts with Ford, GM, and Stellantis are set to expire next month. The union Union's demands include wage and cost of living increases, pension and job protections, as automakers shift to electric vehicles, for which the UAW has blasted the Biden administration for subsidizing non-union U.S. EV battery plants and amid job cuts at the big three. Should there be a strike, U.S. automakers stand to lose billions of dollars. Fox's Jeff Manasso. In other news, a sea of yellow rubber duckies. That's what you'll see at this weekend's duck race in Peoria, benefiting Peoria's Center for Prevention of Abuse. The center's Carol Myrna tells WMBD's Greg and Dan there'll be 35,000 ducks in the race this year, 5,000 more than last year in celebration of 35 years of the event. We appreciate people buying any. It's a friend raiser in addition to a fundraiser. But these are important dollars. We had a big cut in federal funding this year, equaling about 600000 thousand dollars so at this point there are only a few hundred ducks left the top prize is ten thousand dollars myrna says 100 percent of money raised through duck sales goes toward abuse prevention programming at the center to buy your ducks or learn more go to wmbdradio.com wmbd news is brought to you by Upton weston cadillac drive a new cadillac today at the cadillac of cadillac dealers cadillac is hotter than ever nationwide and here in peoria reserve an inbound cadillac or custom order at Upton weston Westing Cadillac in Peoria, 
of and it's caused all kinds of controversy for me and especially my private messages have you ever had anything you said on social media anger somebody to the amount where they started sending you like stuff oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I've, I've had cousins that actually wouldn't talk to me for a while really oh yeah and obviously different difference in opinion and i respect their opinion yeah you know and i want to hear because you know my whole viewpoint is what if there's something that i'm missing you know i'm not perfect sure you know but maybe they see something that i don't sure but then again i always go back to that common sense rule and that's kind of <laughs> throws a lot of their arguments out the window the only other person i was thinking about a lot when this was all going on is scott robbins because he jokes a lot on uh, mark lee van camp and robbins <laughs> right. that he goes back at people like somebody comes after him on social media and scotty's gonna say some other things i think sometimes uh, uh jamie is asking him to not get in as many social media fights as he got but i didn't do anything man as, as all these things are coming at me i just i just laid low i'm like it's i'll ignore it i'm kind of finding it amusing uh, but the the real truth of it is I didn't even give an opinion. I just said that a, a video that some people thought was real wasn't real, and it made a lot of people very mad. Uh, but we're not going to talk about that the whole time. I promise <laughs> that's not all we're going to do. Uh, it's time for good story, bad story, and Eric's going to hang out and be a part of it. Uh, this is where I tell you something that hopefully makes you feel good about the world we live in and the people in it, and it's very uplifting. And then we kick in a place that we shouldn't kick in uh, to bring it all back down to reality. I, I got two good stories. A 93-year-old, a lifelong bachelor in New Jersey, is finally getting married to a woman he first met 64 years ago. The guy's name is Joseph. The woman's name is Mary. Uh, she was the maid of honor. He was the best man at a wedding in the 50s, and she was married at the time. But uh, Joe was not deterred. He waited all this time. He's checked in on Mary. Uh, she recently became a widow. Uh, her husband passed away, and so Joe thought that was his chance, I guess. And they've been talking for the last couple of years, and they're getting married in October. That's slow playing, if I've ever heard slow playing in my life. 93, she's 83. As I said, it's his first wedding. How do you like that? Yeah, hey, there's still hope for me then, you know? <laughs> well, and I love the fact that social media loves this so much, and the guy's like, you know, I knew uh, back in the 50s, but she was taken, and I just had to, had to wait this whole situation out uh, one way or another, but that's really an out there in the world. And then one other one, quickly, as far as a viral video goes, I thought this was interesting. Uh, Lego is about to start selling uh, special Lego bricks with Braille on them to help blind kids learn how to read. Instead of eight little knobs on each, they're going to have different uh, words and descriptions on them. So Legos that are for kids that are blind, to me, is a very cool thing that probably should have existed a long time ago. It sort of makes sense, uh, but they're going to be available, and people are, are praising Lego for, you know, deciding on this, and I guess some charities will be involved, too. That's so, pretty neat. Yeah, yeah that's it's a pretty, awesome. cool, pretty cool move there. All right, let's go ahead and ruin the good feeling from the good stories <laughs> with a couple. But these are both DUI stories, and so uh, do not drink and drive is something that I should put out at the forefront of this. First, a 41-year-old man in Florida was arrested for DUI, and the biggest problem I guess was the shirt he was wearing. This is the reason he went viral. His name is James. Uh, the shirt said, I'm the reason the beer's always gone. <laughs> and so you get pulled over. The cops are thinking, hey, you might not be, you know, in your best uh, frame of mind. You ask him to step out of the vehicle and do the sobriety test, and you look at the shirt, and you go, do we even have to do the sobriety test, I wonder? Uh, but, you know, James got in some trouble for that. Uh, I guess he's uh, done this a few times, so he's, he's not new to the police department. And uh, he just picked the wrong attire as the reason why now he's more well-known uh, via the Internet.
Did they take a picture for his evidence package? <laughs> <laughs> Did they make him take a mugshot? Maybe not. I don't With know. Shirt. I mean, yeah. just a shirt photograph. That's true. That's, you're, you're right. Just in possession sh- of. <laughs> <laughs> they just bring the shirt in for the jury at some point later. Yeah. I'm the reason the beer's always gone. Is a pretty funny shirt, though. I've never seen that one before. I feel like there's some people at the VFW in Peoria Heights that that shirt would fit. Uh, we probably have to stock that shirt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Throw a logo on it and there stuff. There we go. That makes sense. And then one other one, as far as bad stories, again, it's a DUI. A grown man got a DUI in Indiana. However, a lot of people are saying he shouldn't have gotten one. They think it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, the reason why is he was on a power wheel. He wasn't actually in a real vehicle. He was in one of those toy cars <laughs> for a kid. But here's the problem, and I, I guess this is the reason. And then actually they also found meth on him, so that's probably another thing he's going to be in trouble for. But he was on the actual roadway intoxicated in the power wheel and that's when the cops pulled him over and he didn't seem to behave as though he was aware he wasn't driving a real vehicle (laughs) that's part of the problem in this you should not get a dui for driving something that can't go more than you know a mile an hour but you probably shouldn't be driving your power wheel jeep it is a jeep as i know we both have jeeps and like jeeps (laughs) Uh, but you shouldn't be driving it in that way in those places it is dangerous and so dui and other stuff again when they found uh, meth and other uh, drugs and stuff on him too. But the question arises, though, is how short are his legs? <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Well, did he you fit know? comfortably exactly. in the power I'm wheel? looking for a little bit more than just mm-hmm. the uh, the surface stuff here. How, that's that's I mean, fair. How, well, how comfortable was he? I mean, did he have a radio in the Jeep? I mean, yeah. There's a lot of things going on here. You're right. And actually, <laughs> it's just bad reporting. I don't have any information on how on how easily he uh, fit himself into the power wheel. And if he drives it around town, maybe he's known as power wheel guy. I'm not sure. Uh, but it is funny to me uh, that he would be unaware uh, as he's getting pulled over that he's driving the vehicle he is because that's a level of drunk i don't think i've ever been well I, well how how excited was he when he got the jeep that, <laughs> that might be one thing too you're you know? right yeah you're right that's true maybe he bought it and got tricked maybe it was one of those things you buy on amazon you think it's a real jeep and then the toy jeep comes in the mail he's probably in the bar saying hey i got a jeep <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you this uh, are you a college football fan yeah, somewhat. Yeah. Okay. Is there any team you root for more than others? Always love the Army Navy game. Is, oh. is um, yeah, that's the the go to. But I do follow the Navy. I do follow sure. Notre Dame. Eric, the quartermaster uh, at the VFW, who served in our Navy, that makes sense that you cheer right. for them. And actually, um, that was a fun game to go to a lot for me. Notre Dame and Navy. They mm-hmm. play a lot, or at least they used to play. I think almost every year. Sixty uh, percent of fans of college football have broken up with a friend, excommunicated is the word they use here, um, because of a rivalry in the world of college football that they couldn't come to an agreement on. 60% of people that say they're fans of sports have been like, nah, this friend, done with them. Uh, is that something you've ever had as no, an experience? No, but you know, okay. I can always see the Michigan fans sure. or the, the Ohio State fans. Oh, those are some of the those ones. Those are two of the ones that you usually have a big argument with, which yes. I don't yeah. mind one way or the other. No, it is annoying. <laughs> it, it, you know, I'll, I'll say the only thing I can possibly admit, and it's not fun to admit it this year, Scott Robbins was trolling me this afternoon. I walked in with my typical Yankee hat. It's one of a couple hats I wear to work every day. And he goes, really? Still the Yankee hat after the, the nine-game losing streak? And I was like, yeah, man, I'm, st- I'm still a fan. He goes, okay. And then he just walked away from me. That hurts, Scotty. Uh, but I do think if, if I had a really good friend, and, and luckily I don't, uh, that was a passionate Red Sox fan, uh, that there would have to be some, some breaking points if both teams were very good and, and playing late into October. I think I'd have oh, to take yeah. a couple weeks off on the friendship. I think that's <laughs> right. the only one. Yeah. So as I say that this doesn't make sense, I'm now admitting uh, that I'm a little bit overly passionate about the Yankees. 
and then just also depressed and how bad they've been this year. All right. We're going to take a break. After the break, Eric, we'll talk about some of the stuff going on at the VFW uh, in Peoria Heights. Uh, one of my favorite places to go, one of Betty's favorite places to go in town, 1505 East Lake Avenue uh, is the address. Uh, 309-685-9875 is the phone number. 309 309- Six eight uh, six eight two. Excuse me. Nine eight seven five three zero nine six eight two. Uh, nine eight seven five. They do a lot of philanthropic work. We'll probably talk about some of it. Uh, they have a karaoke night that I think just occurred last night. They have great food uh, Friday, Saturday, and on Tuesday. There's a bunch of reasons you should go, and you'll hear uh, some of the stuff coming up in just a bit. Fourteen seventy one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. At Presley's Outdoors in Bartonville. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Eric Thurman, the quartermaster of the VFW in Peoria Heights, is hanging out with me as he does every Friday. One of my favorite places and Betty's favorite places to go. Uh, the tacos are great. Uh, you just told me that Ray's making tacos right now, or yep. in the next few hours he'll be cooking some food. He's doing some masterful work out That's there. That's awesome, and it's full menu um, uh, on Friday and Saturday night, so you can you don't have to go for tacos. You can go for a bunch of stuff. Uh, so that's pretty cool. What else is coming up at the VFW in Peoria Heights? I know you have a car wash we've talked about a lot, but uh, you said there's something a little bit more pressing, too. Yeah, the other thing, one thing I need to bring some awareness to is the the Greater Peoria Honor Flight. They had their um, their fundraiser this past weekend at the um, vet, uh, Vietnam Veterans uh, of Illinois bunker in East Peoria uh, this past weekend. Very successful. Uh, but they had, were able to raise enough money, and right now they're up to three flights. They're shooting for five a year. Wow. Uh, it's very expensive, so the money that they raise enables them to do this yeah. for our veterans. So Yeah, i got to be honest. Um, when we talk about the honor flights, just how long have you been at all involved, connected to, or even just aware of uh, the honor flights in town? I'd say probably about four or five years now. Okay. But, uh, yeah, it's it's a great car. I mean, it, when you go there, you're going to be moved. You're, I mean, you're going yeah. gonna, to gonna have that electrified feeling when you're there. Well, here's the thing. I know it's probably a popular enough event and enough people talk about it in town that, that most people listening to the show are aware that we do these and aware mm-hmm. that other places do honor flights. But I wonder if everyone listening has actually gone and been there for the receiving uh, people at the end of it, because I did that. And you were very kind to help mm-hmm. us be sort of on the inside of it. We, we rode in some of the vehicles that were transporting the heroes uh, back and forth from their hotel, uh, which was actually really cool for a couple other reasons. Um, but I, I can't say enough how profound of an experience it was, and it's the first time I've actually uh, done it, to be at the airport at the end of that and mm-hmm. be standing there in the line and watching uh, each person, especially the Vietnam veterans, but but every right. veteran uh, get out of the airport. And it, there are some kids usually there that are cheering them on, and I saw a couple guys that are probably, you know, rocks of humans uh, break a little bit emotionally. Sure. And There's just something about the, the value of it. So I praise the VFW and Peoria Heights for being involved however they are. I praise all the people involved in the honor flights. And I absolutely, and maybe you want to say something about this too, Eric, encourage anyone listening who's never gone to at least go to the airport at the end of that evening because it is something that will make you feel patriotic. And it's something that no matter how many times people tell you is is impactful, until you actually go and experience it, you, you don't know. Yeah, it's a whole feeling in itself to be there. It's almost yeah. like going to like a Chicago sports event where the national anthem is played, and the, you just get that electrified feeling. Yes, you get that at the airport, and yeah. it's it's free. Um, but if you can donate, I mean, you go to the Greater Peoria uh, Honor Flight dot gov or dot org or com one of the two. I'll figure that and out. They, they've got, yeah, they got a donate page there. 
But uh, that's how they get their funding to do these things. Uh, but again, yeah, if you haven't been there, that's it's amazing. I mean, yes. it opened your eyes up. It'll rejuvenate yeah. your love for the country again a little bit. And yes, greaterpeoriahonorflight.org. Um, and, and as you just said, Eric, um, they want to get up to do like five flights a year. And uh, the reason they want to do that is there's a lot of veterans who um, would deserve to go on these honor flights and are mm-hmm. getting older and uh, sometimes you get worried if you're going to have the opportunity to bring them on a flight, and they just don't have the funding to get to the amount of flights that we could actually handle. So we, we would love to get there, too, uh, to give more people that experience um, because it is and, – and they go to all the different monuments in D.C., and then they fly mm-hmm. back here. People write letters to them that they read on the plane on the way back. It's, it's amazing, uh, honestly. Um, what else is coming up at the VFW? Um, tonight we've got uh, – again, we've got the karaoke uh, showtime stuff. Oh, nice. I was saying that that was yesterday. That's tonight. That is tonight. Okay, yep. good. So, cool. you know, maybe we can get Betty up there to sing again. Sure. She, yes, uh, Betty did she sing had a good last time. time. She, she did. did. She did. I almost had to grab the mic away from her. I mean, she was going to town. <laughs> There's video of that, right? <laughs> I don't think I've seen any of the video. I think we do have video okay. from one of the bartenders. I think it has it. Betty so. sang with a couple other bartenders, and oh, yeah. uh, she crushed it. Um, she did. She, she knocked it out of the park. Right, she did. And uh, she's also... Um, Behind the bar at some point, most of the nights that she usually goes there. <laughs> she gets back there and she, just mixes it she up. She, I was talking about that with her on the, the radio the other day, is that she you know, notices whenever um, somebody is taking a break and then somebody needs a drink and she feels comfortable enough. <laughs> and that's the kind of place that this, uh, this location is in town. You're very much a, a, a friendly, welcoming, like a cheers family kind of bar. Sure. And so much so that Betty has brought a coffee machine there, and she goes behind the bar and serves drinks. People have been telling me they want to know, like, in advance the next time Betty intends to bartend because they want to come out and get a drink from Betty. Well, we'll have to just create, like, a Betty night, and, Betty and, and night. that way it'd be a, we'll make out a benefit of some sort sure. and, and to benefit mm-hmm. some organization. I will tell uh, people this, and, and Eric, you should plug your ears for a second. She pours, <laughs> pours heavy. So uh, some of those <laughs> drinks probably won't be the recipe they're supposed to be. I feel like the VFW is going to have to restock some items uh, if she does a whole night of bartending. Uh, but she, she's just very sweet. I think we naturally pour a little bit heavier than most places. Yes, but I, that's I think what that's it's true. about. Though. That's, we're, that's, we're, we want right. you to have a good time. And, a light drink is no fun. Everyone knows right. that. Uh, other stuff out there in the world. Is there anything else you want to promote, actually? Do you want to talk about the, um, the car wash a little bit? The Bikini Car Wash, I believe, is the third weekend of September. I believe it's the 16th or 17th. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the guys kind of, you know, put their humiliation aside and <laughs> clean vehicles for a good uh-huh. cause. <laughs> does everybody wear a bikini or do some of the guys not do that? Some guys might be wearing a Hawaiian skirt. It okay, all gotcha. depends okay. on what fits their yeah, their what, body what, type and what have you. <laughs> okay, it's just good. like going to a pool with all types of different sure, size people. Sure, so. uh, cleaning cars and raising money for charity. It's um, good fun. It's good. It's a good comedy. You get a good laugh out of it if you don't. You know, the, the women like to come by just to see what's there, and then some of the yeah. guys are like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And it's more of a laughing feature. Uh, you know, one other thing, actually, and I, I don't mention this enough when I talk about uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights. You guys have that uh, 55th or whatever the raffle is called. Yeah, we the, have a community raffle. Community mm-hmm. raffle, thank you. Um, and the amount of money is starting to get higher and higher up for that prize. Yeah, we're just shy of six figures right now. Mm-hmm. We're getting close to $100,000. And when it got, what was the highest prize ever there? The highest one we've had that hit was a $966,000. $966,000. And you said it was wall-to-wall for like oh, yeah, weeks? It was, when that- yeah, we were actually busing people from the village parking lot 
to get down into there to be at the drawing when it got real big. And everyone was just standing there and waiting for that. So $100,000 is still a very good chunk of change. Absolutely. That's a great amount of money. <laughs> uh, and that's the other thing about it, and I think you were telling me this, is, is once the number gets high enough that you start to see a lot more community action, the number starts jumping real crazy. It, it gets crazy fast. Very quickly. Yep. So, yeah, no, that's something going on right now that you should probably uh, try out because uh, uh, winning six figures from the VFW and Peoria Heights feels like a good day. It feels like a yes. nice time. Yeah. Uh, you should tip your bartenders, though, if that happens, probably. <laughs> right, right? right. I feel like that's okay to say. All right. Some other stuff out there just quickly before we get out of here. I thought this was interesting. I was just going to throw it out there and see if the audience has a reaction. And, Eric, if you do. Uh, there's a weight loss drug that's been talked about a lot, I guess. Like celebrities and other people are using it. Ozempic is the name of it. Uh, there were then these, like, negative stories about the risks of it. Uh, but now a study today said that apparently it reverses or can reverse symptoms of heart failure, uh, which is a weird discovery that they found here. I don't know if this is like, here's what I think. I, can I conspiracy theory it for just a second? Yeah, here? go right ahead. <laughs> is that okay for you and the listeners? <laughs> I kind of feel there's been negative stuff about this a drug recently, that this is almost like a, a, a report that they're throwing out there into the world. I can't imagine many people would go the road of taking the weight loss drug uh, for their heart specifically, but it almost feels like they're trying to put a positive spin on what has been a increasingly negative uh, talked about product in the world of uh, even just, you know, uh, personal choice versions of, of medication. Um, but they're, they're saying this is real, that, that reversing heart failure symptoms is a surprising side effect of anyone that takes a Zempic. Yeah, if it works, it works, right? <laughs> yeah, really? Okay. Would you ever go weight loss drug, do you think? Would you ever go, like, um, um, I've asked this of my wife before, and uh, she's always told me she would judge me. There's that thing that you put on your stomach that you yeah, don't actually do the sit-ups. Yep. Yeah. The one that actually, like, vibrates you, though. You know what I mean? Like, oh, okay, the one that yeah, does the yeah. little sensors. And I asked her, like, could I get one of those if I'm not going to hit the gym with her? She's been going to the gym a lot. <laughs> and she's always like, that. you can't. We can't have the road where you're just sitting on the couch watching a Yankee game and claiming you're doing an ab workout. Yeah. Are those things you would do or no? I wouldn't do it. As I'm a military more, guy, yeah. I'm more the old school. Let's go back to the swimming pool, go to the gym, mm -hmm. yeah. you know, play some ball. Right. Yeah, yeah I can't you. think of myself ever taking any sort of medication to lose weight, but I'm, I'm very tempted by the stuff that claims, like the very late night things that claim that they can help you out with doing very little activity. Consider a testing platform. Yeah, there you go. You, yeah. you, you want right, to yeah. test it. You're trying to be a, a subject. I'm doing it for radio there content. There you go. I'm doing it so I can see if I can do an ab workout while doing a show. There you go. <laughs> you can justify that. No, I don't know if I can. <laughs> I still feel like I can't. 309-340-4464 if you want to text me and tell me that I should not do that. I'm not that serious about it. Actually, you know what? Now my brain is other places. I have other topics, but I'm going to ignore them. Um, uh, there was a while there. I've been talking about, like, I'm losing some hair, Eric. I don't know if you've noticed. I don't take the hat off a lot. But I'm, I'm getting closer to my 40s, and the hair is not uh, where I want it to be. And uh, I found a hat. It's a laser hat. Uh, and I think the reason I found it, by the way, I'm going to out you. My mom sent me it at one point and said, maybe you should try this. It's supposed to stimulate hair growth. So you put it on. I think it takes a battery or something, and then it lasers your head. But was she being serious when she sent that to you? I think so. I or think was she, she was. trying to I, say something? That, Mom. You know, she might be saying, oh, that might well, be a little bit of a joke. But. Well, to be honest, I was talking about on the radio how I wanted to fly to India. There's a real thing I said on the radio because the hair plugs are cheaper there. And then everybody would call in and be like, that's a real bad idea. Right. And so maybe Mom was trying to find a better solution than sure. India hair plugs. Walking around with a battery-powered helmet. Battery, I mean, right. you know, hey. 
I mean, I just don't see how the batteries are really going to grow anything, yeah. you know. But, but this, to me, knows? is something that, again, like, there's no harm, no foul in putting on the laser hat occasionally. Maybe the buying it part is something I'll feel a little bit uh, serious. My mom just texted in that she is she was serious about the laser. I think she even offered to buy it for me. Well, that's even great. The- <laughs> then, then it wasn't a joke, if that's right. the case. Is but that... Yeah. But is that something that's embarrassing? It, uh, yeah, well, especially if you had to put your own stickers on it. I mean, <laughs> you got to make it look normal. Right. Otherwise, you'd be, you know, sitting at the bar and uh-huh. like, what's that hat? Yeah, put the Craig Collins Show logo somewhere go. on it and there then have go. the big giant laser hat throughout the day. <laughs> would you look down on me if you found out that I was laser hatting uh, from time no, to time? No, but I would definitely give you a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So these are the kind of things that will be jokes at the VFW in Absolutely. the near future. Okay, great. Even you're, just you're, the fact that I asked you. There. You know that. I know. I do know that. <laughs> And I, I did not buy a hat, by the way. I don't want you or anyone from the VFW to think that I have the laser hat already because I don't want to already deal with this. All right. Uh, thank you, as always, man, for hanging out Thanks with us. Thanks for having me. Um, uh, the VFW in Peoria Heights is a place that I said I love to go to um, because, as, as I said, and as you can tell, every single week when Eric comes in and hangs out, it's just a really fun atmosphere. The bartenders are very nice. It feels a lot like a, a Cheers-style place. 1505 East Lake Avenue in Peoria Heights, uh, 309-682-9875, the phone number. And as I always say, they do a lot of philanthropic work. Uh, You guys care about the community you're in, and uh, all the people who run the place are are military. So if you do go, and if you spend a little bit more than you intend to spend on the food, the drinks, or in the gambling machines in the back, (laughs) you know that some of that money is going to wind up going to a pretty good cause. All right, uh, quick break, a lot more. Dave Ramsey coming up next. Have a great weekend, everybody. Try.